In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps faith today is the 4th of July. And you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution. But from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live. To exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American Seconds after the hour of 11, and it's the month of uh, September. September? Yeah, September. In the year of our Lord, 2007, thank you for coming by, making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed and dimly lit studios. AM 970 Solid State Radio. Listen to that mic process. It's back to sounding fantastic. Last week sounded a little squirrely. Mic processing sounds fantastic today. I sound like some sort of, I sound like Zeus. That would make Scotty, uh, if I'm Zeus, that would, I don't even know who that would make Scotty. I was going to try to make a Prometheus joke, but it wasn't really going to come together for me. Uh, hey, it's uh, Monday, it's Labor Day, hello and howdy to you. Uh, it's 503-733-2970, 503-733-2970 on this glorious Labor Day. 503-733-2970 for your comments, your clarifications, your conventions, your two cents, your, uh, if you'd just like to prove to Sarah that somebody's listening. It's 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at uh, rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Uh, Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Scotty J at 970.am. Greetings. It is Monday, and uh, welcome to Day 12. Thank you for coming by. And by the way, here's the, the thing about Independence Day is this, and I know that I've made this observation a few times. I'm not saying... That the figures for, for Independence Day's box office grows were fake. I'm not saying that it's some sort of a conspiracy either. They, I'm just saying, I think there was some sort of perfect confluence of events. There was some sort of perfect storm of, of summertime film that happened because it did come out on Independence Day, didn't it? Yeah, because it was the year before Wild Wild West because oh, yeah. that's what got Will Smith that title, that King of the Fourth of July or whatever it was. Because um, it was like a three-year period where every 4th of July, Will Smith was in some huge blockbuster action film. And then it all fell apart when he was battling a giant mechanical spider. Anyway, 
the point is this. I'm just saying the movie benefited from the fact that there was nothing else. Like, do you even remember what else opened that summer? No. That's the only reason Independence Day is a huge hit. The proof for this, by the way, is that, A, there are no memorable catchphrases, except the ones that we have made memorable by dint of Sarah playing them into the ground three times a week. There are no catchphrases from that film with the soul... Less than an hour. <laughs> Thank you. With the sole exception of that welcome to Earth, or whatever the, whatever the hell Will Smith says, after after he punches an alien, uncon, an alien who is wearing a full exoskeleton, an alien who is wearing Kevlar armor and has a huge sort of external insect shell, yet one punch from the mighty black fist of Will Smith goes down like a sack of potatoes. Make no sense at all. Anyway, so there are no catchphrases. No one can hum the score from Independence Day. There's no musical hook from Independence Day. And also, Bill Pullman never did anything ever again. He never he did exactly uh, dick for the rest of his career. He's done nothing since then. He did while you were sleeping. Yeah, but that, was, well. but that was before Independence Day, wasn't was it? Was it before? Isn't that the one? That is, now, with now with now Peter Gallagher? We're totally groundhogging here because I know we've had this conversation. And I always think it starred Ricky Lake, but that was Mrs. Winterbourne. Which has nothing to do with while you were sleeping. It's while you were sleeping. Bill Pullman, uh, Sandra Bullock, and Sandra Peter Bullock Gallagher. and Peter Gallagher with the huge eyebrows. Mm-hmm. All right, fantastic. There was an Onion story the other day about Peter Gallagher. Area man tries to tell women he looks like Peter Gallagher or something like that. Uh, anyway, hello. It is uh, Monday. It is the uh, Rick Emerson Radio Program. It is Labor Day. It's with well, thank you for coming by. Uh, but, of course, entertainment never rests. It never sleeps. And so that's, uh, that's why we're here today. Also, uh, I have nothing else to do. And Yeah, other people so do. <laughs> Scotty, do you have other things to do? Are you passing over exciting plans with the family right now? Good morning, halfway. Well, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, thanks for ruining all of our days, Rick. What is I, uh, I have a huge moving crew. I mean, this truck is... I thought it was just going to be a little U-Haul type truck, but this is a monster truck. Now, I when do you have enough stuff to put in there? When are you moving out of your home? Well, I started trickling stuff out on Friday night. You I mean, don't say I that. have done. I it. started trickling <laughs> stuff out, and then the doctor gave me a sponge to use. I've done at least um, fifteen trucks, you, or truck trips with my truck. I'm so glad you didn't say fifteen full of boxes. <laughs> All right. And so you began trickling things out on Friday night, and uh, then it's a nightmare, Rick. When are you? Fantastic. I got, I got 13 years of marriage and stuff that I never throw away, and I, I haven't even really packed stuff, so it's just being thrown in bins and just bin after bin after box after bin. It sounds like a happy experience for everybody involved. <laughs> I just domestic just bliss all the way around. Pull the truck on the side of the road and say, for sale, and start over. Now, when is it? Okay, but I don't. Okay, let's back up before we do anything else, and I will talk about what's up. I mean, we might as well take our time today. There's, Nobody listening. there's plenty of it. In fact, you are giving negative affirmations. Show. No, I'm making. Making it sound negative so that will be proved into a positive when all the people start calling us. No, there's nobody. Nobody's calling. No, there's nobody. Those lights. <laughs> there's nobody. On that nobody listens. No, you know how. You know how. I, even I knew deep in my heart. It's not that no one listens. It's just that there's X number Labor of people. Labor Day is for barbecues and going to the river. It's a beautiful day. There are people who. Uh, there are people who listen to us while they are out. Uh, you know, they're or driving moving. a truck somewhere. They're driving into the delivery drivers. They're stuck in a cubicle. Uh, those guys are sitting at home and they're about three deep into a six pack uh, already. <laughs> so if they are listening. They're certainly, they're probably not even able to stand long enough to get to where the cordless phone is. Here's my point. I don't even know what my point was going to be. My point was going to be, so you are moving out of 
from what? From your old house into your new house. Right. Now, are you paying people to do this? Yes, but I work... So why do you even need to be there? I worked my hind end off trying to... I mean, they would have been there for five years had I not started Friday night and just consecutively gone... I had a buddy of mine help me, but uh, going from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, just box after box after box. I don't know, I don't understand. Are they moving your stuff or are you moving your stuff? Okay, well, I did this to... to okay, they charge by the hour, and I'm kind okay. of a... Chintzy guy. You just paid like three hundred thousand dollars for a new house, you goddamn cheapskate. Seriously, I don't understand people. You just why would you? I don't understand people who cheap out at the last moment on this. And if it's if I sound disproportionately angry, it's because moving is the worst thing on earth. Mm-hmm. Moving sucks. You just paid. And again, I'm how picking, much do you think my new house is? I don't know. I'm just I'm picking a figure out of the air. But it's it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. I would imagine. How much is going to cost to have some guys lift some crap so you don't have to do it? A grand? No, it's like, well, it could. It could have been, but I think I saved myself. I could be yeah, under that. Yeah, save that $1,000. Yeah, you don't want to. You, <laughs> wanna wanna spe- you don't want to spend $1,000. They charge like a hundred. Well, I want to put that towards maybe some fencing or something. I mean, I'm, you know, trying Sarah, to be Sarah, you listen to the exciting <laughs> suburban life that Scotty J leads? Oh, no, He's going to be putting some, that money towards some fencing. So towards some Johnny Walker or something. Uh-huh. I don't know. All right. Well, in any. Moving is the worst thing on earth. It and, is. And I, you know what? I don't care. There are certain things. Uh, and then we will inexplicably take these phone calls. <laughs> now that Sarah's sufficiently berated the audience into calling for no reason at all. Um, just I berated as, you, Rick Emerson, not the audience. I'm just, I mean, someone's got a little passive hostility today. I think maybe there's a barbecue that I want to be at. And instead I'm sitting here freezing my butt off and it's cold yeah. and dark and another lonely. Three hours. And, is this just another ploy to get somebody to bring you taquitos? No, <laughs> I brought my own food today. <laughs> um, I will say this. As you age, I think, I think you just start to determine what is an acceptable expenditure in terms of something that is not. What's an acceptable luxury and what isn't? Like you know sunglasses? What I mean? Well, well, yes, sure, sunglasses. I was going to say, for me, it's air conditioning, because you can argue that air conditioning, especially in Portland, is a thing you don't have to have. But uh, I, I deal very badly with the heat, and you know what? I made a decision early on in my life, after, and I've told the story of living through this terrible summer in Spokane, where it's like 105, and I just, from that day on, I'm like, you know what? I'm never going to live in a place that doesn't have air conditioning ever again. I will never again own a car without air conditioning. And if I have to pay, if I have to pay less for something else, if I have to skimp on food, if I have to skimp on entertainment, whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, I will have have air conditioning in every car and home I have until the end of my life. It will never again come to pass that I have a summer without air conditioning. And so the last time we moved, Laura and I, I told her point blank, I said, I will never again box anything up. I will never again load crap onto a truck. I will never again get some weird rickety sub-U-Haul type thing, driving it across town and being taken one box of crap after another. That's what I did. Shattering your vertebra. What the hell is this? I don't know. It's labeled F5 room. (laughs) Well, what is F5 room? I don't know. Is that the family room? I don't know. Could be the basement? What's in here? Well, it's just a bunch of weird, you know, wicker baskets. Well, where does this go? I don't know. Screw that. And so whatever it costs, if it costs $1,200 to have some guys, you know, come and pack all my belongings into a truck, I will do that. So it's just inexplicable that you would lay down like 200 grand or whatever for a house. And <laughs> you then you going down. And then you won't pay $1,000 to have some guys move your stuff. For okay, you. Scotty, then how much should you spend if you're mocking? Yes, I'm, I'm not mocking. It's, it, it, it makes me sick, too, but I got to work hard. I got to work hard at the radio station, but it, it was little, it was around six. You're all, so. Are you kidding me? No. You just bought a house for half a, more than half a million dollars. You, you too, Sarah, can do this as well. You, I can barely pay my rent. You have chosen poorly, Scotty. 
I'm hoping that it goes up by a hundred grand in the next twenty years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Whatever. You better be hoping that your wife has been poisoned by something, and you can file a class action lawsuit to recoup some cash. Seriously. You better hope that there's some sort of lead uh, paint on one of your kids' toys. I've you, got a plan. So you can be uh, shaking some money out of somebody. I'm gonna mow some lawns in my neighborhood. And... Yeah. <laughs> yes. While you're mowing lawns, I would also be ransacking some silver drawers as well. Really? Are you effing with me? <laughs> I'm not effing with you. And I still got this other house I got to get rid of. Okay, or... Ed Till. You know, this always happens on holidays where we end up having these great conversations that then we will have to do. Tomorrow we'll have to do a whole previously. That is the great thing about if you if you listen on holidays, you inevitably hear stuff that then doesn't get repeated the rest of the week. And so you're sort of privy. To... You know what these holidays are? Here's the, Here's what it is, Sarah. Let me put it in terms that my people will understand. Holiday shows are like DVD bonus features. That's what they are. This is like a deleted scene, you know, coffee from the movie. Talk with Rick Emerson. It's not at all like Coffee Talk. You're it's, right. It is like a deleted scene. It's like a deleted scene. Not bad as such. It's just, you know, got cut from the final film for time reasons. Maybe it didn't fit in with everything else, and so it gets put on the DVD. You watch it. Maybe you enjoy it. Maybe it's got some funny moments. It just it didn't end up being part of the actual theatrical cut, you know? But it is, But for those who have watched it, you know, and I will tell you this, Aaron Duran, by the way, is going to join us in the studio later on. Aaron and I will actually geek check each other by making, by using catchphrases. Oh, no from deleted scenes on films. So that's what the name is, deleted scenes. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, it's Hi. me. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Oh, for the love of... I'm not even prepared with a sounder. I'm running really behind today. That's hold on right. a second. Just, just hold on. One big fiesta for illegal aliens and homosexuals. All right, okay. Hello. Just, in case you had any doubt that, that I was listening, I just wanted to call in. I am, and I'll be down there in less than an hour to pick at your place if you don't get Aaron to bring in the Klaatu speech. The what? The uh, Klaatu speech. Oh, from, from the day the earth stood still. Yeah, I mean, Klaatu, Veratu. Yeah. That's a, that's a very noble speech. and I think it, it would it'd do well. And Scotty, what the hell are you doing buying a house, 600K house, <laughs> no in the kidding. middle of a slump? And no why kidding. are you bringing this up today? Why don't you bring, why don't you bring this up Friday or tomorrow? I don't know. But I, oh, I'll we'll bring this. I'm going to play this whole segment back again tomorrow. You, you realize there's, there's going to be a global collapse in yeah, the real I'm, estate. I'm scared to death, too, but sometimes you got to take a risk. In well, to your get wife ahead. will need something to live in, you know, to, uh, someday when she's single. <laughs> All right. I promise not to call for at least an hour. All right. Bye now. Bye. All right. Hi. I think George has special privileges today. <laughs> because it's a holiday. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Hello. Scotty. How are you? I How's cannot going? believe Hi. he spent that much. I work all day today, so I love that you guys are there working. See, today. Sarah, that's why we do it. We do it for the little people. Where are you working? I'm, I run my own business. I'm a pet sitter. So I actually know other pet sitters that are listening. Are we huge in the pet sitting community? I'm actually going to a pet right. parent actually, today. I actually, George's wife is a pet sitter. I know her. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> my world. Seriously. So, welcome to Market 340. Um, the, so you, all the dog walkers and all the pet sitters, we all listen to you. So. Is there some sort of a pet sitting community of which you, of which you are part? No. Yeah, actually, yes, but we don't have any coworkers, so that's part of, you know, I don't have anyone to talk to all day, so I listen to you guys, and you guys are kind of my coworkers. Oh, sad. So. Um, all right, so this is, now Sarah just informed me, by the way, that she is actually going to a, what is it, a pet party? Well, I'm going to my friend's dog's birthday party. Oh, come on, really? Oh, my God. Even I don't do that. I don't know. They have it every year. It's from my friends Corey and Rainier. They're, um, oh, they have a great dog. I think yeah, I met their dog. Ben, they, they adopted him, and uh, he's a really... Really cute dogs. We're I all going to go and bring all of our dogs. I think I met him a couple years ago when um, uh, you and Nate were together, and I brought Max over, and we went to sit with somebody's backyard. And it was like a, yeah. somebody was doing some grilling. Yeah, I think I met. Think about that dog there. Mm-hmm. So, all right, exit. What is your What is your name, madam? 
I'm Jennifer. Jennifer, yeah, excellent. Met, Jennifer, and I've been with Heidi. We've been at lots of your parties. Oh, I so. think I met you with guys at Dante's one night. Yeah. 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 Yes, it is a small world indeed. Excellent. Well, thank. We'll pass our uh, regards to the rest of the uh, the pet sitting community. I will. Excellent. Thank you for <laughs> Have listening. A fabulous day. All right. Thanks. Bye now. Happy Labor Day. All right. There you go. See, they put a hat on these pets, or if only. Like- the only birthday for the dog pet. sitters. I don't know. Did they put no, it? They, they dress the dog up. They have up? little birthday party hats. Really? <laughs> you can't put a hat on my dog. The <laughs> Muppet looks so cute with the hat, especially I've let his fur grow out, so he's just like this huge fluff ball. You saw him on Friday. Does he tolerate a hat? Uh, no, I I bought him his Halloween costume. Actually, I was in Bremerton this past week, and and they already have the Halloween costumes out, and they never have him his size around the holiday, so I actually got him a little bee costume. I. Really? With, like, little antennae? It has a little black hat with, like, these big yellow antennas. But if you put them on, does he yeah, push he, his head he, on the ground? Yeah, he doesn't mind wearing shirts ever, but it's little head things he doesn't See, that's like. the Max thing, too. You put, a, you put like, a cape or something. We have three different Halloween costumes for Max. I might as well just admit it. We have a witch costume. We have a pirate costume. What is the other? I think, well, Lara got him, like, the old convict, like the stripy black and white convict uh, outfit. And is, and he'll tolerate, uh, like, the sort of body wear. But as soon as you put the hat on him, it's like immediately the paws are on either side of his ears, and he's shoving his head on the ground, desperately trying to get it off his head. So that doesn't really... So, and, But she keeps buying costumes. Every Halloween, she buys a new one, thinking, like, this will be the costume that he embraces, that he loves. I cannot believe you spent $600,000 on a house. Jeez. Well, most of us don't spend that. We make payments, and we hope yes, to God I... that we have one more day of broadcasting. Well, no. <laughs> well, I mean, but that's sweet at the same time. But that's, that's stupid. <laughs> yes, it is. Who wants some fortified wine, Scott? <laughs> really? I mean... I don't even know how to. I don't even know how to address this. I mean, I know that your wife has a straight job, but I mean, seriously. I mean, look, my wife. My. This is scary. I it mean, is for I, anybody. I, I mean, my wife has like a, a better job than I could ever hope of getting. And, and, you, and, can, and you could. And, and we don't live in a six hundred thousand dollar house. But you could. But, it, we, it but would... we won't because that would be stupid. <laughs> That's. I mean, I'm not trying to. I guess I am impugning your personal choices. I'm just saying. Jesus God Almighty. It's almost like the stock market. Do you realize you are now, as of the, you have closed, right? You are moving in. Oh, it's I, closed. I closed. You're done. Signed in last week. So do you realize you are the better part of the way, to, because I'm assuming, it's not, I'm not asking, but I'm just assuming that you have uh, other consumer debt of one kind or another. Well, actually, we've automobiles, done a, perhaps. Well, we've got automobiles, but we've done a really good job on the credit cards. But I tell you what, you were talking about this the other day, and they're going back up again. There's just no way around it because I had to put. Well, plus, if you have the added expense of not having sold your old house, and then you've just put yes. all this money into your new house. I, so, ha- I had to spend every dime just to, to as a like a down payment. So to credit get in. card debt, automobile debt, and this house. Do you realize you are the better part of the way towards being a million dollars in debt? Oh, I'm way beyond that right now. Yeah, it's just. Ah! If he's house, oh like a right, grand house, his other house got, has to be at least got, still got, still got the old. Well, you told us how much the new house was. How much was the old one? Well, we're trying to sell it for but a I mean, certain amount. But, I mean, what'd you pay for it? We only paid like 220000 for it and we're trying to sell it for like, you know, 470000 Oh, man. Dude, this is like, you are on phase three of Behind the Music right now. You are, <laughs> you are heading towards, you are right, you know what it is? You are hammer about six months before they come and drag that big H off the front well, of the house. Nope, no matter what. Life even, comes even, in, fast, guys. even in down real estate times, I'll find a way to, to make money off the people that are foreclosing. So, it's, I'm always looking for a way to to better myself, and that's just what you got to yeah. do to survive. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, I got to work hard. Sometimes I hardly work. All right. 
When it comes uh, when it comes to attaining financial stability, don't overlook the value uh, inherent in a life insurance policy, Scotty. <laughs> uh, let's see, Rick. I'm working for the man today. It's also my goddamn 38th birthday, David in Southeast. Happy oh, birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, David. 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 Uh, let's get one more here, and then we'll talk about what's coming up today. Hello, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hey, gang, what's going on? Hey, what's up? Um, a special treat you can give the handful of listeners who are listening today yes. is the origins of the F. Scotty. Yeah. You know, this is this is where it begins. This is the secret origin of F. Scott. Oh, yeah, seriously, F. Scott. F. F. Scott. That was an F. Scott <laughs> Fitzgerald. Yeah. No, not F. C. Scott. No, now, okay, whatever. If the Rick Emerson show does a... F. Scott Fitzgerald. That's funny. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, if, if, if you guys do a show and there's no one out there to hear it, is it the best show ever still? Oh, of course. Well, that goes without saying, <laughs> sir. Well, keep it up, man. I'm out here listening to you, and um, I'm, you. Sure, I'm sure I, I represent hundreds of thousands of people. Yes, yeah. sure. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye now. <laughs> F. Scott. I don't really know that yeah. we can do that, but I do like it. I, if only your last name, if we were starting this all over again, I would name you F. Scott You know Fitzgerald. what? We always get started on that uh, F. Matt thing, and you, I've never been told by you. And we get halfway through it, and then you've never told me why that name is what it is. Are we going to keep it a little short because we have a minute? See? Oh, my God. <laughs> See? We're already, okay, well, let me make a note of it. We're already almost behind. No, no, no. Today's one of those days when we have lots of time to stretch out. So I'll write down F. Matt, and we'll get to that later. I'm sure there'll be a, I'm sure there'll be a time when we can do it. Um, all right. Can I make an observation without sounding creepy? Scotty? Well, uh, I guess. Okay. You look really nice today, Sarah. Thank you. you. I, think, I think you did something different with your hair. I was going to call I you. noticed that, too. I did, I did lighten orange. it a little. My, I went home and saw my sister this weekend, and uh, she had, like, light brown hair, and we decided to go crazy. And I dyed her hair platinum blonde. My mom wanted to kill me. Boys never do this. My brother and I never once sat around doing each other's hair. wasn't a thing that ever happened. <laughs> At no point did James and I say, what should we do? I don't know. Let's sit around and dye our hair. No, I've always loved to do that, and I used to, like, pay my sister to let me, like, put on makeup on her and, like, dye her hair different colors. Really? Mm-hmm. Like a big, like one of those big... Barbie doll heads. Yes. All right. No, it's two things. It's the ha- it's three things. It's the hair, and you've got a heavy eyeliner on today. Do you not? It's I do. That and then the bracelets on your left arm. That's a total package, right there. Thank you. The bracelets, the eyeliner. This is my barbecue hair. outfit. No, no, no. It's a good look. You look good. All right. Uh, well, here's what's co- Jesus. It's like 11:25. Here's what's coming up today. CNN radio correspondent Dick Giuliano will join us at the bottom of the hour. Uh, I'll talk to us about uh, Larry Craig. Pretty much. I mean, that, that guy's done. So uh, done and gone. Out. So we'll recap uh, the resignation of Larry Craig. Uh, CNN radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum will join us later on today. Apparently, syringes and raw sewage are washing up in the New Jersey. So when you go to New York, that's another place you can stay away from. He'll also talk about Labor Day a little bit. Um, Jim Roop will be joining us later on to talk about uh, the iPhone, which I guess has been... Well, we we talked about this last week because they cracked the iPhone. So now you don't have to have AT&T to use the iPhone. Um, and also we'll uh, recap the Jerry Lewis telethon and find out if he came closer to, uh, to falling over from a coronary thrombosis on stage this week. What else? Aaron Geek in the city, Duran, uh, will be in the studio with us later. We'll do the top five songs from this. It was actually from last Friday in 1987. Top five songs from 20 years ago. Uh, we'll have a great unlikely way to die. Uh, and blah, 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 blah. Oh, and Scotty J is working on the following stories for your edification today. Well, one man gets burned at the Burning Man Festival. The first ever Portland triathlon goes on despite river sewerage. Sewerage? Sewerage. A look okay. out for falling golf balls in Deschutes County. Lock your cement landscape blocks up or lose your wheels. And a certain kind of punch can potentially cause your car to roll over. 
That is an interesting tease because I don't even really know what you're talking about. <laughs> the first thing I thought was something that you can't say on the radio. You were thinking of the, uh, yeah. isn't that right, donkey. <laughs> <laughs> you were totally thinking of that, weren't you? You totally were, too. <laughs> Pervert. All right. Uh, so there you go. So does that, oh, do you hear a guy killed himself at Burning Man? <gasps> first suicide ever. Not. First wow. Burning Man suicide oh, this weekend. Did he light himself here, on fire? No. That'd be the best that way to go. would be great. Wouldn't that be great? And if he put, if he put himself in the position of the Burning Man, if he duplicated, if he dressed up like the Burning Man and then set himself ablaze, like a himself? Like a Tibetan monk, hung himself, I think. <gasps> oh, that's uh, not good. I'm not good. sure about the method, but a guy killed himself at Burning Man. The first suicide at Burning Man. So, oh, and I saw the worst movie ever made this weekend. Not Sunshine? the worst movie ever made. No, no, but it wasn't the worst movie ever made. I, I should take it back. That's a terrible. I that really was me just engaging in hyperbole. We got a break here in a second, but I uh, we'll talk about that. I saw I saw a bad movie and I saw a good movie uh, this weekend. Uh, so uh, anyway, we'll talk about all that later on. Dick Uliano next. Say there, it's the Rick It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program live on Labor Day. 503-733-2970, 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, CNN Radio Correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, uh, James Roop, Top 5, Aaron Geek in the City, Duran, and so forth. Welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Hills, CNN Radio Correspondent Dick Uliano. Good morning, Dick. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing great, Rick. Hello from Washington, D.C. Hello. Hey, sorry about that. We are having a little difficulty in our uh, in Scotty's room there. We're unable to pick up the phone in there, so that's why you kind of, kind of went right into auto hole there, in which you think you were being neglected, my friend. Uh, no problem, and I understand all your engineers are on vacation, so it's typical or off for the day, Labor Day, I guess. It's true, and I do believe, although I cannot prove this, that Scotty just, in fact, spilled a large orange soda right onto the oh, phone. no. I can't really prove that that's the case, but I, I'm just saying there is a sort of a hint of citrus all over the phone in there, so oh, boy. draw your own conclusions for that. Um, all right, well, speaking of gone for the day and for all the rest of the days as well, uh, so Larry Craig, I think, bowed to the inevitable and just uh, just cashed in his chips, what is it, over the weekend, Saturday? Saturday, something like that. Um, the, was this his personal career? Did, uh, how do I put this? In other words, was this that he made the personal decision that his career was untenable, or was he effectively told by higher ups, like you're tainting us, you got to get out? I think it was both. I mean, I think he was given a little time to kind of figure it out on his own. But clearly here, the Republican Party uh, is saying to Larry Craig, uh, look, uh, don't let the screen door hit you on the way out. I mean, they've got enough problems with the party, a uh, number of things that they're facing, including an unpopular war, an unpopular president. Uh, they've had other scandals that have been a problem, and they, they don't want this uh, dragging the party down in 2008, because some people have raised the question, you know, there was another Republican senator who was linked with, uh, with prostitutes, at least his phone number. Nobody forced him out, but in this case, uh, the Republicans are pleased to see him go. You know that because President Bush telephoned him after to thank him, uh, you know, for, for, for sort of bowing out. Yeah, those, I, I, when I read that story that um, that President Bush had called Larry Craig and, and it, you know wished him well or whatever, I always wonder if the, you know this has got to be just the most awkward phone call on earth. Can you imagine? I, I can't. I mean, it seems. I mean, especially because if you're, let's be honest, you're some senator from Idaho. It's not like you're really a power player in, in American politics. And so right. you got to wonder how many conversations he's ever had with George Bush, and how sad really the most important phone call the guy's ever going to have with the president is the one where the president calls him up and says, "Hey, you've done a heck of a job now." 
goodbye. And I, it's just yeah. Hey, uh, sorry about that whole bathroom deal at the airport, but uh, you know, th- thanks a lot for stepping aside. You know, I mean, it really is. I mean, it must, it must just be the most humiliating thing. Uh, Craig, of course, says he's got this lawyer now, and although he pleaded guilty, and the audio of his interview with the police officers on the internet, people can hear that. You know about you know playing footsie there or whatever and reaching under. Uh, he says he's going to fight it, but uh, you know he's on his way out. He's given his, his notice, 30 days. But you know it's a funny thing. There is sort of this rebellious senator, independent senator, Senator Arlen Specter from Pennsylvania, who said over the weekend, "I don't think Larry Craig ought to resign. He should try and hang in there. I think he can beat this raft." And I'm sure to that, the uh, other uh, you know leaders of the Republican Party were were saying something to the effect of, "Boy, I wish Specter didn't say that. Right, right. Uh, don't give him any ideas." What is it? What does Larry Craig mean when he says he's sort of going to fight it? I mean, he's already copped the plea and he's already resigned. I mean, what really is there to fight at this point? Well, he uh, he says he's got some sort of bid to reopen this thing and and to clear his name to take back his guilty plea and fight it again. Now, legal analysts have told us that's unlikely. And once he resigns, uh, you know, he's probably going to let uh, sleeping dogs lie. But uh, you know, uh, it's taken at his word. He says that uh, he is going to go through with this thing and try to battle it because he says he's not gay. The uh, the irony about this is, and I, you know, I've spent a, a lot of my life, pardon me, a lot of my life in Washington State, right near Idaho, and the irony is probably that this isn't going to impact Idaho politics much at all, in as much as they will probably just they will probably elect another Republican and they will ah. elect Republicans there until the end of time, but it will affect national politics, if anything, probably more, wouldn't you say? Well, it could, and, and, and really what you've hit on there is you've hit the nail on the head as to why the Republican Party uh, basically ushered him out rather quickly, uh, as opposed to David Vitter in Louisiana, uh, who they nobody called for his resignation. Uh, the governor of Louisiana is a Democrat. If Vitter had resigned, it would be a Democratic senator put in uh, the Senate to replace him. Right. But in Idaho, no problem. It'll be another Republican, so Republicans are happy to see you know this sort of nagging problem go away. And knowing that they will, it will not affect the balance in the Senate. It could, it could, it could echo uh, uh, nationally for the party. We don't know uh, in the next election how voters decide by this. So they say, boy, these Republicans have got a lot going on. You know, they've got this guy who's cavorting with hookers in Louisiana. They got this guy who's in the bathroom tapping his toe. Let's get rid of the Republicans. <laughs> I think in that way it could affect the Republican Party. It is a strange but never dull life, my friend. Right. It's interesting. All right. yep. Dick Uliano, enjoy the rest of your Labor Day, my friend. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, Rick. My pleasure. Okay, Take there care. There we go. CNN Radio correspondent Dick Uliano, worth his weight in gold right oh, yeah, there. Let's always say it. What a pro. No, come on. He's fantastic. He's a little loose today, though. Did you catch that? Mm-hmm. A little... No, I was saying, like, initially when you were saying, like, oh, he seemed like he might be a little on edge. I didn't think it was because of Scotty. I think it just seemed like he was just ready to get in and out. And yeah. No, we have one of those. Uh, day. I'm sorry, I got all this um Sorry, I got <clears throat> something caught in my throat, I think. I woke up with a throat thing today, too. I got a little frog in my throat. Uh, yeah, so what is the deal with the phone in there? Is it just that you can't pick it up? <laughs> I checked the back line. Did you try? I, but I mean, did you wiped off the citrus. Now, do you remember what the problem was last time? Well, the last me... time was the 9 key was just stuck down because there was something sticky on the phone. <laughs> and you know what? Other people use that phone, so uh-huh. I'm not sure if that was my stickiness. No one, no one else not. uses that phone. Okay. Uh, Who else uses that phone? No one. I want, I want names. <laughs> oh, come on. No I one el- time to think about it. No one else uses that phone ever. You're the only one. And I don't mean the only one colloquially speaking. You are the only one who uses that phone. 
No one else uses that phone. It's you. You're it. So last time... So the, my, should I just be picking up all the hotline calls in here today? Unless I, I would, I've, got a, I've got an email out, so we'll see what happens. What did you say? Did, 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 oh, no. Please tell me that you, that you emailed... Uh, did you send it to the whole company? Did you send it to Brian Jones, director of engineering? <laughs> I sent it to the... Yeah, I did CBS. Oh, that's great. Thanks. No. Yeah, I got no, a I button stuck down. Yeah. With the director of engineering for the entire cluster, please come to the studio and fix this button on my phone. Uh, all right. Well, okay. So yeah, with the hotline calls, we'll just uh, we'll have Sarah take them. Okay. So I've got a little update on this um, guy who hung himself yeah, in Burning Man. Yeah, I'm reading Man. that right now too. <laughs> okay. I know it's wrong to laugh. It is wrong, Rick. <laughs> I don't know who he is. No. Uh, you're not seeing the same story I'm seeing then. Are you seeing? Okay, the, will you forward me your story? Are you seeing the great money sentence here in this story? Okay. Let me read it to you, Rick. About the guy, and I've got three emails on this, so I know it's true. About the guy that hung himself at Burning Man. His friends apparently let him hang there for hours and hours because they thought it was some kind of hippie performance art. <laughs> I, I don't have that one. Yeah. Rick, the guy who hung himself at Burning Man was hanging in a two-story tent for several hours with people standing all around him. They apparently thought it was performance art. That's weird, though, because it's saying he's, he was found four feet off the... Off the floor. There's no suicide note. Yeah. So they think that it might not even be a suicide. Fantastic. Well, what do you mean? I mean, they think that they're kind of describing this real. It says, um, the tent at its highest point was about 15 feet, and the body was at least four feet off of the floor hanging from the tent's main post. They have not found a suicide note, although Skinner says that they consider a suicide until an investigation shows something else happened. Yeah, this is from... Uh, it was pretty high up there. This is from the Reno Gazette Journal. Says, um, the body hung in a tent for a couple of hours and people thought he was doing performance art. Skinner says, and who is that that's a cop? Yeah. He, the cop says, they probably believed he was some kind of prop. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just funny. It's creepy. It's creepy, but it's funny. Because isn't that, I mean, doesn't that sound like a parody of the sort of thing that would happen at Burning? Like that does, as we often say, sounds like an onion story. You know what I mean? The man who dangled from a tent for three hours with blood gushing from every orifice was believed to be performance art. I mean, it just that told, that just sounds like some sort of retarded version of something that would happen at Burning Man. All right, Skinner was a was at the tent and it was being used by party. It appears they were holding a Burning Man version of the game show Jeopardy. How ironic or appropriate that a guy dies while they're playing Jeopardy. It's funny. I kind of picture them all standing around in a circle holding hands going wahoo, wahoo, like in the Grinch has stole Christmas when they're around that Christmas tree. We don't have children. Okay. And I and even and even wahoo, though I know Wahoo What does the Grinch that stole Christmas have to do with a guy hanging himself at Burning Man? Because they're they're all around they're all hand in hand in a circle around this tree, you know, swaying back and forth singing this weird song and just kind of gave me visions of that, of them standing around this guy at Burning Man. Oh, and they're trying to make the Grinch happy? Yeah. All right. Thanks, Scotty. All right. Let's see. Uh, okay. So, uh, real quickly. So, so to recap, for those who have come in late. So, Scotty uh, bought a $600,000 house. That's the that's the foundation of all the jokes that we made about Scotty for the rest of the day. Uh, we got Steve Castamon coming up here uh, in just a few. Uh, at noon, we'll have uh, the new news hour with Scotty J. Later on, Jim Roop, Aaron Duran, top five. I still get to give away a final Queens right. And your your odds are much better today for winning this final Queens right CD. Because uh, nobody's calling. Because, because, because there's like, <laughs> and we can't even answer. Because we've got like, yeah, because like 98% of the audience is off getting drunk on a boat somewhere. So, 
So for the audience that is out there today on Labor Day, uh, it'll be uh, you'll have a, the the odds will be in your favor, as they say, and we'll uh, get caught up in a whole pile of stuff. Did I saw two movies this week? Here's my weekend was spent uh, doing. Uh, is that Steve? For the love of God, why do people keep calling so early? Well, let's find out. I'll if find it's out. Some... All right, I'll just wait here. KCMD. Hello, Steve. How are you today? All right. Well, hang on just a moment. Our call screening software is uh, kind of bit the dust, so that is why I'm answering. Hang on just a minute, okay? All right. All right, thanks. Well, I'll I'll recap my weekend later then. I was supposed to do it like half an hour ago, but we got sidetracked by something else. Uh, Let me see. Did you have his? I do. I have the, uh, you know, but I I think I have yet yet again failed to make it part of the uh, the deal. So I have to load it, and then bam! Let's welcome out of the Rick Emerson Show from New York City on this Labor Day, the one and only Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. How are you? Pretty good. How are you doing? How are things on this uh, fine Monday in the city that never sleeps? Doing good. The weather is great. I'm surprised that you guys didn't take the day off today. No, 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 no. That's, that's for lesser people and lesser Rick shows. Rick no day off. That's, uh, I'm kind of a creature of habit. I, I'm a sort of a slave to routine. So on day, I don't really know what to do on days yeah, all off. All of us work the, the little holidays like this so we can get off like Thanksgiving and Christmas. Like I'm speaking for me. Yeah, I mean, re- but I, if I like on days that I'm not at work, I just uh, not to make myself sound even more mentally defective than I already do, but I just sit around and sort of uh, vibrate. You know what I mean? Like on like on days when I when I'm not doing the show, if it's a, I mean Saturday or Sunday is bad enough, but it's like on during the week if I'm not if I'm supposed to be here and I'm not. I just sit at home and I just sort of look at the clock and I just sit on the couch and there's just like a low humming noise going on in my head. I just sort of sit on the sofa like a Cylon, just kind of going, mm, <laughs> oh. just waiting for waiting for the next day, you know, when I can come back here. So well, I would I would be at the beach, although today is a great day to be working at CNN because because to make to make the employees happy and feel not so bad about coming in today. There is an incredible bounty of food all over the building. What kind of food do they say? Let me just back up a second to say that uh, they do that sometimes here. They'll get, like, client food. Uh, like, they'll get a restaurant or somebody who advertises, and they'll go and they'll bring, a, they'll bring grub in. Uh, what kind of food do they uh, give you at CNN to placate you who are working on holidays? Well, the corporate world is great. I mean, this is so much different from what I'm used to. They, they had... Uh, well, what did I eat today? I had a, um, a smoked mozzarella and prosciutto sandwich. Oh, come on. How great is that? Yeah. With, with, uh, Do you realize I got like a paper plate of M&M's upstairs? That's what we <laughs> – That's what we. when you were saying food, I was immediately figuring that you got the same – here's what we get. And not to interrupt you, but I, last uh, month, some company brought us literally a pallet, a pallet of Mike and Ike's. So that's what we're eating upstairs. There are literally there are bowls of Mike and Ike's everywhere you go. A pa- couldn't even be a candy I like. It had to be something I don't even care for. Okay, so prosciutto and mozzarella uh, sandwich. So there were all sorts of these gourmet sandwiches out there. That's the one I ate. Then there was this uh, sort of chicken salad and pasta dish. Uh, there was uh, a pasta primavera thing going on, a bunch of different salad greens and everything. And the dessert tray, oh, man, incredible. Better than what I'm going to have at my wedding. Uh, that's just, uh, all right, fine, fine. I had, uh, here's what I had this morning. I had a South Beach diet bar from the convenience store across the street. <laughs> that's it. Mmm, fantastic. Uh, so uh, so there you go. Well, I'll try not to be consumed with petty jealousy about that. I hope to entice uh, Sarah, that, and she'll definitely come by the, the CNN Bureau when she's here. When she comes by, will you have prosciutto for her? I will do my best, yes. Yay. Excellent. Fantastic. Hey, so tell me about all this. What is it, sewage, or is it syringes, or is it both? What is it? What is this that's washing up on the shores of New Jersey? I'll tell you. It's like flashback to the 1970s. We've got medical waste that started washing up on uh. about a three-mile stretch of uh, beachfront on the Jersey Shore. 
all sorts of nice stuff, medical syringes and, and hypodermic needles, gauze bandages, some uh, feminine uh, sanitary pipes, uh, uh. let's just say. <laughs> yes. It's just and, disgusting. And, and, Wonderful. Yeah, you're out there on a beautiful, sunny, 80-something degree day, uh, you know, enjoying picture-perfect weather this holiday weekend. And then all of a sudden, it's interrupted by the stuff washing on shore. Ankle-deep in tampons. Why is it? Let me just say this. Medical waste is a uniquely disconcerting phrase. I mean, because it's disgusting, and it makes you feel like you're about to get anthrax off something. And, I mean, here's a dumb question. How is it that lots and lots of medical waste supplies end up in the water? I mean, don't they have trash cans? It's really weird because, you know, this sort of thing used to happen fairly regularly in, in, in the 70s and even in the early 80s until they changed some of the laws here. And, and uh, you know, New York City was in violation of so many environmental protection laws because we were dumping a lot of our waste out at sea. And so uh, things have been fairly clean, but every once in a while this sort of thing happens again, and it's not clear where it comes from. Sometimes they're able to trace the medical waste to a hospital or something like that. Other times they trace it to a ship out at sea. Um, and sometimes it's just stuff that's been sitting at the bottom of the ocean for, uh. for a long time, and, and, and all of a sudden, you know, the, the tides get churned up a certain way, and, and they wind up on our beaches. It's something sitting down there like a, a horrible, viscous Cracker Jack price. There really is, actually. Cause That's they used, just revolting. They used to dump the treated sludge out at sea. <laughs> treated sludge. Yeah. I'm going to form a rock band called Treated Sludge. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, remind me to stay away from... I, can I just say this? I hate to be another guy piling on New Jersey, especially because I've only ever been there once. But, I mean, really, it does... It does just sort of, you know what New Jersey does sort of seem like to those of us who live in the rest of the country, and I realize this is because of a media depiction, but to those of us who, who live on the West Coast, the way that New Jersey is treated, especially in relation to New York, New Jersey sort of seems like New York's junk drawer. You know what I mean? Like that drawer in your kitchen where you just put everything, like scotch tape and D-cell batteries and Tic Tacs and a bunch of pennies, and it all gets shoved into one drawer underneath the microwave and you slam it shut. New Jersey seems like the junk drawer for New York. You know, it's funny because for a long time we used to dump a lot of our garbage. We used to pay New Jersey's landfills to take our garbage. And then uh, a while back, New Jersey stopped doing it, so now we, we truck it on into, into Pennsylvania in some instances, although now we put a lot of it on barges and send it even further away. Our garbage goes further and further away from, from New York each day, and it costs us more and more money to send it away. But uh, as a result, our waterways are a lot cleaner than they used to be. My recommendation is you start putting it in a state that nobody's doing anything with, like Montana or Wyoming, just a state where there really isn't anybody. And there's just, I, mean, I don't know if you've ever driven through some of those states, but I mean, there's just whole vast swaths. I mean, thousands of square miles, it seems like, where there's just nothing, just a whole lot of nothing happening. You could put... I'm sorry, I was going to say places like the Badlands, right? Yeah, you could, a whole nation worth of garbage could go in the middle of Utah, and nobody would ever notice it. <laughs> I mean, it would be it would be hundreds of years before it was ever discovered by anybody. So, all right, my friend, do you, have a, do you guys work a standard uh, day-to-day, or do they let you go early? I think you're going to be my last uh, duty today. I think I'm, I'm going to head out the door after this. All right, hit the, hit the dessert. What kind of dessert you got there? Oh, man, it was really good. A lot, uh, an assortment of these different kind of cookies, but good cookies, not those dry, you know, butter cookies right. that, that are never satisfying, and brownies. But but I may come back at 6 o'clock because there's a catered dinner. <laughs> Life is really? hard. Really? <laughs> that, 
Seriously, the other day, Sarah had to spend 90 minutes on the air groveling for a listener to bring her something from Taco Bell. So I, I feel you. I used to be local, and and you know, I'm only I've only been in the network uh, scene for, since February. You know, so this is all fun and new to me. Oh, all right. Well, have have a brownie for us, my friend. I'll, I'll save one for Sarah for when she gets here. Thank you. Just stick it Dang. in the drawer. Happy Labor Day, my friend, Steve. Thank Kastenbaum. you, guys. Thank you, Sarah. There you go, Steve. Kastenbaum. Yeah, my sister is so excited to go to CNN. Jesus. Um, oh, yeah, that's right, because you're going to New York uh, when I'm gone. Yeah. I've got to get my crap together. You really do. Why? You're going to a different country. I just It just occurred to me that, yeah, we haven't planned anything out for you yet. No, I mean, uh, I mean, I got my, uh, no, I mean, uh, the schedule is kind of done. I mean, Lara sort of pieced together. I mean, I got my, and I got my passport. I got my passport, at, which is really all I need. I mean, really, at a bare minimum. I've got the passport, and I, you know, and I've got my ID and whatever, so I can get on the plane. Everything else, as I told Lars, that you know, you know, you are an American with a credit card. You can probably, you can probably take care of anything, any problems that might arise. I need to send you to the best pizza place that I ever ate at. In uh, Italy or in, in London? London? Okay. Yeah, it was right down the street from the dorm that I lived in, and. Um, at night, it would turn into a disco, but it was like a private disco. And so great. It was like in a un- George Michael video? Exactly. And like underneath okay. in the basement, it would. But up top, it was like this classy restaurant. They were really, the people were really nice who ran it. And Madonna lived right down the street. And she would shut down the downstairs disco part for like hours on end. She'd shut down the entire restaurant and just Excellent. have parties there all the Look time. At, look at her. Uh, so then, um, yeah, and then Lara called me this morning from Italy, from some train station somewhere in Italy. Milan, I think. Is that a place? Yes, yes Milan. I only know Milan because they make those cookies, those Pepperidge Farm cookies. Uh, the um, Milano's. Yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. So I I will say, as much as I'm glad, I mean, it is really cool the stuff she's doing. It, it is equally cool that she's doing it by herself and that I don't have to be there uh, because I just it's stuff I know that I wouldn't enjoy. But she's there with what's her name, uh, the Muddy River Nightmare wife, uh, Brent's wife. Okay. And so she sent me this email, and it's so great because it's one of those emails that is like. Where the punctuation and the formatting is all like crazy because like none of the keys. Like at one point she tried to type a happy face and it comes out as like a diacritical mark. It comes like out as like the C with a tail on it, and um, and so then she so she figured out how to do how to type and how to do it. But but occasionally there'll just be a whole series of letters that don't make any sense, like a Z with a five next to it or something, and it's like I guess it's supposed to be a comma. Um, uh, keyboards in Britain are different too. Yeah, no, it's like she's like I'm trying to type, but there's all these crazy keys. I don't know what they do. Uh, but so she, not to make everybody here feel bad, but so she sent me an email and she was on her way to someplace else, but she had spent the morning, let's see, she had spent the morning in, uh, Naples, yes? Naples, yeah. Naples. She had spent the morning, uh, having lunch. They had had a, her and Kristen had had a picnic lunch on a cliff overlooking the something. The, oh, I was going to remember it too. Like a bay or a. A river? Is there like a famous river that you would over that, that that you would see that goes through Italy? I don't know. I'm I'm a retard. I meant to I meant to make a note of it, but whatever. So, but I'm all over England, but I don't know. She's walking along Italy. some mountain trail in Italy, and then they had lunch like on a grassy cliff that overlooked like the blah blah, you know, whatever it is. So anyway, so that was her, and it's you know it's the sort of thing that I know she loves that I could not possibly appreciate probably. So I don't even appreciate the outdoors here. Hey, random subject change, but is that a new shirt? Uh, I just don't wear it all that much. Um, I don't wear it all that much because it's got a little stain right in the middle of it, and you you can't really see it. But I'm kind of self conscious about it. I, I like that shirt. It's a nice. It's, it's a nice different. Shirt. It's like what is it like purpley? It's um like maroon. Um the um I, I'm really self conscious about like 
And I had to. Me I, too. I'll throw away some of my favorite shirts just for a little teeny grease stain that nobody can see. But I had it like, and Lara got it for me for my birthday. It's um, it's uh, the chemical symbol for capsaicin, which is what hot, makes hot peppers hot. Um, and so she got it for me for my birthday. Together. And like two days later, I had like I don't know what like we were eating Italian and I had like an olive or a whatever, and it just that like be like the uh, the droplet of oil, you know, like comes off my fork or off the olive, and I'm like no, and, and it hits the shirt, and I was never able to get it out. So and so, I just don't wear it uh, except on a day like today because I'm just really self-conscious about it. So in any event, all right. Uh, well, let's, yet again, I'm out of time, but let's do this call and then we'll come back with Scotty J. Hello, sir, madam, as the case may be. Hey, Rick. How hey, are you? What's up? Well, you know, I'm kind of missing the old days where you guys would barbecue on Labor Day. I know. Now, was it Labor Day that we barbecued on or was it every holiday? It was Labor Day that you guys always barbecued on, and it was like so cool. And I was wondering. What are you guys going to eat today? I uh, I well um apparently just uh just Mike and Ike's. Uh, the the reason we stopped doing that is just because for the longest time, well for a year anyway, we were at the coin tower and there's no place to do that. There's, no. There was no it wasn't like we made a concert like we must now be done barbecuing, but obviously, you know, the, the, there's no space upstairs and we see well, CB- what's the matter with a remote and CBS well and CBS doesn't own any of the property in other words CBS does not own own the coin tower they just lease that one studio and uh they don't own any of the sidewalk out there and the company that does own the coin tower and the property is very uh persnickety they're oh, very they won't let you barbecue on the no, sidewalk they, they I brought Muppet very, in uh, one day and they um they sent out they sent a like scathing email to the front desk person saying like no dogs in here. Yeah, the company that owns the uh, coin tower and the property, everywhere. they are very exacting about what oh. you do and don't do. So uh, we 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 just didn't. So we just got out of the habit because we didn't have anywhere to do it. So. Well, that's too bad because those were the those were the best. No, the barbecues that we used to have were really really great. And again, we might do those again at some point. Is it not like we wanted to get rid of them? We just got out of the habit because there was nowhere to do it. We just well, didn't maybe- have the real estate. Maybe next year you guys should do it someplace where you could actually do and do the show from a remote. We could get like a park permit. And that's, yeah. a that's a great idea. I like the yeah. way you think. Actually, maybe we'll do that next year. We did. It. We used to barbecue on the 4th of July, too. And, it, and the parking lot out here is not really uh, designed for that because it's right by Front Avenue. It's right by a busy street. There's traffic that comes in and out of the parking lot. There's a big satellite dish. There's a bunch of station vehicles. It's just, there's, it seems like there's a lot of things that could get like burned, scraped, scratched. Oh, go people. up where go up where uh, Sarah had her you know derby thing and 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 do a big listener party barbecue on Labor Day. That's not a bad idea. We yeah, might be able to get a, uh, a remote shot from up there too. Yeah, and the, do a uh, the antenna might work. All right, excellent. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye now. Uh, that's actually not a bad idea. Maybe next year we'll just uh, codify it. We'll just do an actual an actual remote barbecue from somewhere, either for 4th of July or uh, or for Labor Day. All right, fantastic. Uh, well, I guess we have to break. We'll come back. Scotty J, are you uh, prepared with the news? Oh, completely. There's lots of news going on today. Are you lying? Yes. All right, fantastic. Back after this with Scotty J, who is woefully underprepared. All right. Uh, it's 503 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. This is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We're live on Labor Day. Back after this. Choke, choking. It's supposed to be playing. Choke, it says choking. playing. <laughs> Shall I find a, a, a little piece of? Well, friends, I kill. 
Open. Well done. I blew it. Well, well done. <laughs> Fantastic. Excellent. You got it. All right. God damn it. All right. Shall I shall I find something to oh, play yes, here? Oh, Rick, you find something, oh, glorious God, Rick. <laughs> Don't be snippy at me. It's not me. It's because, you know, Mike Ness swore. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, no, so let, me, uh, let me locate something here. Uh, wait, hold on. I'll find something. Hey, look, I didn't know that I was going to have to uh, locate any music here. I oh. was told that it was all handled. All right, okay, I'll find something to make you happy, because I'm all about making you happy. Uh, let's see here. Hold on. Any day? The best part about this is how I have to reinstall Windows Media Player every time I want to play something here. <laughs> this, is, this is only because Rick Emerson cares, by the way. The best part about this is that at some point my Wikipedia entry was altered and somebody put, and I, whether they were just screwing with me or because they actually believed this, at one point it was it was claimed on my Wikipedia entry uh, that I was actually the guy singing on this. Like Rick Emerson also provided the voice of, you know, one of the three little pigs to the Green Jelly song of the same name. <laughs> it was kind of great actually that that was there. Then somebody went and took it away. But what are you going to do? All right, it's 503-733-2970. It's Monday. It's Labor Day. Coming up later on, Aaron Duran, Jim Rue from Los Angeles. Top five songs from this week, 20 years ago. And uh, your final chance to win a copy of the two-CD uh, Sign of the Times Queensryche Best of Collection. Ladies and gentlemen, in for Tim Riley. Let's pay a visit to Scotty J at the Ministry of Truth. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, this out of San Francisco, one man becomes burnt in more ways than one. Last Tuesday, a San Francisco performance artist was arrested on suspicion of igniting the signature figure of the counterculture festival in the remote Nevada desert. Uh, it was in the early morning where the fire scorched about 85% of the structure. It's a 40-foot-tall wood and neon structure that's supposed to go up in flames in the ceremonial climax of the week-long annual event. So this, this San Francisco man, he was burnt in more ways than one. That's right. His name is Paul Addis, 35, of San Francisco. Please to list the ways in which he was burnt. He was burnt uh, by being booked on jail of suspicion. That's abortion, one. That's one. Illegal possession of fireworks. Destruction of property. So he was burnt when he was arrested. What's the other way in which he was burnt? He was burnt by having a le- illegal possession of fireworks, destructing property. Destructing and... property. Is that the actual Des- crime? Please tell me it says destruction he was dis- of property. He was and resisting a public officer and bail posted at $25,000. Oh, fantastic. All right. It's 503-733-2970. Here's Scotty J at the Ministry of Truth. Well, the first ever Portland Triathlon went on despite a sewerage scare. <laughs> sewerage. What? What is your deal? I don't know. Sewerage. 
Sewerage. Okay, stop. The, <laughs> Show the, me the blueprints. I watched Aviator this weekend. The words are right there on the... You now you're starting to sound like me. Stop it. The words are on the page, uh-huh. and the letters are put in a particular order so you know how to pronounce the word. Sewage. Okay, there, there you go. go. Now, what I don't your, know where that R comes from. That's some okey skokey thing. Seriously, do you also say Washington? Absolutely not. Uh, no, because that would make I you sound foolish. I correct people on that. How dare how you? Da- I'm so seriously. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to impugn your abilities. Sewage. There you go. Okay. Start again. Well, the first ever Portland triathlon went on despite sewage. Sewage. <laughs> sewage scares. All right. Sarah, do you have any words that you Let's just, just can't pronounce correctly? Let's just get rid of the word correctly? sewage and put... No, we're going to keep that well, word. Well, no, sometimes I, like, I don't, I never say nuclear, but that's one of the words that I overthink when I'm like nuclear. Because you don't want to be that guy. I, I don't want to be that guy, and that one always scares me. I hate saying it, but I'm, I'm afraid it's going to come out I wrong. I can say sewer. That's why you think sewer-idge. I'm trying to think if there are common words that I can't pronounce or that I always say incorrectly. Uh, and I don't, th- I don't, th- I mean, there's words that are difficult to pronounce, but I don't think there's anything... I don't think there's anything that I flat out can't say. That Washington thing always confuses me. Washing machine. But see, but you know, but but I know people who do that. I I know intelligent people. You would think who say who say Washington and wash the dog and whatever. And where does that come from? Is my question. I mean, that's got to be a thing that you're. It's got to be just one unbroken chain of idiocy where your parents say it and then they teach the kids to say it who teach their kids to say it. It's like in Utah, people talk about bathing the dog. Uh, Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello, please don't say sewerage. I won't. Am I there? Yes, sir. Hello. Okay, I was just say, thinking it was great that you guys are on on the holidays. You Thank know, you, sir. Normally, I only get to listen to you at lunch hour, just because uh, the shop I work in, I can't get AM radio in there. And most other stations on the holidays either get, you know, a repeat show or the B team. It's nice to have the A team out there for us. <laughs> I was sad that our B team sort of is the A team. That's There really is only the one team here. We're the A team, the Z team, and everything in between. Well, you know, you guys are unique in Portland. I enjoy you. Well, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Where, uh, what kind of business do you do? I'm a welder. A welder. Excellent. Uh, are you spreading the word about this fine program? Oh, anybody to listen. <laughs> if they don't, let hold them down and threaten to weld something sensitive until they pay attention. I will. Excellent. Thank have, you, my friend. Have a good holiday. Thank you, too. All right, there you go. The B team. Uh, it really is true. Not that I'm saying that about anybody in our fine cluster. I'm sure that we're different. I'm just saying. That's why we're here. We're here for, we're here for that guy. Uh, all right, Scotty J. Let's, let's roll on. Well, 300 triathletes dove into the Willamette River after a close call stemming mm. from a foul-up Friday. Only 250 finished. Is there a correlation there? Please dispel and then define correlation. I don't even know what it means, Rick, let alone use it. <laughs> okay. But a water barrel Double worker check. accidentally opened the wrong valve oh. at a Mount Tabor, oh. get this, Mount Tabor Reservoir. It sent 300 gallons uh, that... Uh, 300 gallons of what? Well, wait a second here. Let's look. Let's look back on this. The the water bureau worker accidentally opened the wrong valve at Mount Tabor Reservoir, which sent nearly three hundred thousand gallons of sewer products. <laughs> there you go. Into that was the a total end run right there. Way to you know what it is. That was way to compensate. That was really making a plus out of a minus there. Sewer products. That was fantastic. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this guy that works for the Oregon Environmental Group, Joe Whitworth, uh, said the big pipe project should reduce sewage—I hate this word—sewage problems in the river. Thank you. I'm moving on. No, no, no. Okay, let's go. Actually, back to there's a little more to this. Let's go story. back to the story. Let's go back to the you story. Want to talk sewer, sewage? 
There we go. I got it now. I'm fascinated. I'm really not trying to make fun, but I am fascinated by the fact that you can't say that word. Because you say sewer all the time, right? And so now All the just, time. I now, can't go a sentence now, without talking about a sewer. <laughs> now you're adding edge You're not. You, you, but you're not. You're just That's where it's come from, though. I, I'm pretty certain of it. So I, it really is intriguing to me. And again, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to be a jerk. That it's a. It's a very simple. It's not even new. It's not even like nuclear, which is a three-syllable word. I mean, it's, it's a two-syllable word. Sewage. And, and the, okay. Say it twice more. Sewage. 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 I just got to get rid of the er. Now use it in a sentence. <laughs> there was raw sewage in the Willamette River. Well done. Gagging swimmers. Okay. So the guy turned the wrong valve and then flooded what Mount Tabor with sewage. It came from Mount Tabor, apparently. It came from Mount Tabor. <laughs> and so, isn't I mean, isn't there a big valve labeled like poo? Or something. I mean, the one that you like, don't turn this. Really, honestly. No, I mean, like in your car, there's a big red button letting me know whenever I'm about to turn off the overdrive. Why would there not be a huge label on something? Isn't it? You talk about a, 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 a valve that you'd think you'd keep behind glass, maybe with a big red thing on the front that says, hey, this releases sewage. I mean, it's just strange that they would be there so next to each other that you could accidentally turn the wrong one. It's also amazing how the government can control boating and non-boating days just at the flick of a switch. It's just, it's weird. All right. Uh, hello, Rick Emerson program. Hello. Hi. 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 That's it. Uh, two things. How about wastewater instead of sewage for Scotty? No, no, no. Sewage hey, is much more. a good one. Now, see, here's the thing is we are helping him become a better speaker by having him a, you know, deal with words that are maybe a little challenging to him. And the other, you're missing the best part of that overflow story. He didn't release sewage. He released fresh water. And it gives, it's like when we have a big rainstorm and too much water is in the sure. sewage system. Yeah. And it causes then the sewage, the place where they store the raw garbage to overflow. To overflow, yeah. So he released a bunch of fresh water that overflowed the system and then caused the sewage to spill into the Willamette. Ah, I see. Okay. So it wasn't it was actually like, 2. like a... 2.2 million gallons or something. Oh, oh, oh. oh, so it wasn't like a poo valve at, as No, such. no, no. All right. Excellent. Thank you, sir. All right. Bye. I right, appreciate it. Hi, uh, Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Good day. Hey, yeah. I wanted to say, first of all, thank you guys for working on a day when I have to work, too. Where are you working, and sir? having uh, uh, everybody else that I work with not have to work today, for some reason, Scotty J's illiteracy is even more funny today than it is on a normal day. It's a hangover. I'm glad that the deficiencies of Scotty's uh, brain paths can be amusing to you. What kind of work do you do, sir? I'm a video producer. A video producer. Uh, is this code word for porn? <laughs> no, I wish. God, that would make my days go by so much faster. <laughs> what kind of videos do you produce? Uh, corporate sales stuff. Oh, do you do? Do you create motivational videos? <laughs> no, I don't believe in those. Oh, okay. All right, excellent. Uh, and so you are there alone, giggling uh, like a schoolchild at Scotty's uh, in inadequacies. Yes, this Fantastic. is almost his his inability to read today. His his is a, first of all, it's a scathing indictment of our failed educational system. But also, <laughs> um, this is, is second it? in in com comedic value only to when he let us know that he believes that uh, Iraq is in South America. Yeah, fantastic. Those were glorious days of last week, weren't they? Absolutely. Scotty Thank you keeps all on so giving. Much. Thank you, sir. You spread the word. We'll do. All right, there you go. God bless you. All right. You could change the word to Sue Rage. Is Sue Rage when you're really angry about <laughs> no, filing when a, litigation? When a bunch of it dumps into the river and you're trying to go boating. Sue Rage. Okay, anyways, let me finish the story here without... Uh, uh, screwing up any more words. Uh huh. How much money do you want to lay on that right now? Hold on. Let's put a dollar down on the counter. You want to? You want to lay down money right now? No. Okay. Go ahead. 
Apparently, the athletes swim one mile in the Willamette, bike 25 miles, and run six miles. In the winter, Grant uh, Fulsk from Beaverton clocked in at two hours, eight minutes, and 58 seconds. That's pretty impressive after all that. I'd want to take a shower. <laughs> Felix becomes Category 5 hurricane uh, in Aruba. It rapidly strengthened into a dangerous Category 5 storm and churned on Monday towards Central America, where forecasters said it could arrive as potentially catastrophic. <laughs> oh, my God, this is a bad day. <laughs> catastrophic. Would you like to back up and take another run at that hurdle? Day. Catastrophic. Yes. Uh, Felix is packing winds of up to 165 miles an hour and headed west. <laughs> I guess that... that it's like super rhythmic, but in a bad way. I remember another word that I have a hard time with. Addict. I always want to say addict. Ooh. Well, because one is one is a verb and one is a noun. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I mean, he's a drug addict. It's yeah. a drug addict, right? So that is, yeah, well, yeah, because, yeah. So yeah. addict is noun. Addict is, is verb. Uh, it's a verb, but they're, they're two different words. What is it when they're spelled the same? But but they have two different pronunciations and meanings. That's not a homonym. That's a um, synonym. No, synonym is two different words with the same meaning spelled differently. So like addict and junkie are synonyms. Um, what the hell is that called? When they're spelled the same, but they are two different words. Like fort and forte, which really screws people up because those are spelled the same, but they're two different words. Uh, well, whatever. Rick, this email says about a word you mispronounced. You often mispronounce, this is actually funny, he says you often mispronounce supposition. You pronounce it supposition when it really should be pronounced uh, supposition. Here's the interesting story. I know that it's pronounced supposition, but the reason I pronounce it, that sounds like Shatner, you say sabotage, I say sabotage. Um, the, that's like such a 2% joke. But um, the reason I say supposition is because when I say supposition, I am emulating Raul Julia as Sandy What's-His-Name um, from Presumed Innocent, where he defends Harrison Ford, who's accused of murdering that hot chick, and then he has the even hotter Bonnie Bedelia as his wife. And then Raul Julia as whatever his name is. Sandy, God, what the hell is his last name? Anyway, I know a lot of people love him as Gomez Adams, and he really is great as Gomez Adams, but to me, Raul Julia is always, or Julia, is always that lawyer from Presumed Innocent, where he's giving... The opening statement in the courtroom, and he says, The prosecution's case is based not upon evidence, but upon supposition after supposition, guess upon guess. Which is just like the best. He's just, I am so bummed out that that guy is dead. Raul Ju ended his last movie with Street Fighter. I mean, seriously, what a sad way to go out. I mean, come on. I mean, the guy's a classically gifted actor. He was in Kiss of the Spider Woman. He was in Presumed Innocent. He was in two Adams Family movies, which are not like high art, but were very well done. And then he goes out in Street Fighter, which I believe also had Jean-Claude Van Damme in it. I mean, it's just sad. Street Fighter, dead. At the age of like 52, I yeah, think, as well. Yeah, that's the sad part. Anyway, so Raul Julia was great. So Raul Julia says supposition, uh, which is why I say that. So I, that is technically a mispronunciation, but that's where that comes from. Because Raul Julia is... I think he, I believe he is uh, Argentinian. I might be wrong about that. All right, here's Scotty J. Well, a hurricane specialist at the center in Miami, Dave Roberts, said, as it stands, we're still thinking that it uh, will potentially be a catastrophic system in the early portions of this week. Um, the the tourists are trying to evacuate. Uh, and that's, yeah. 
The, the story kind of fizzles here. The story kind of fizzles. Really it's it's kind of like uh, New Orleans where some want to ride it out and some want to stay, and that's the same thing. Tourists filled the Honduran airport seeking flights out before the storm. Were but, you trying to read ahead in the story? I was, and I should, I should really take a highlighter and You were trying to condense that story on the fly, weren't you? Yes, yeah. I, even, I even read the, the comment from Dave first and then backtrack to what he said. Yeah, you so. shouldn't do that. You should just read the, the words in the order that they're written. Well, one is killed and another is injured in a motorcycle wreck. A woman uh, was killed alongside another woman uh, that was injured Sunday when the motorcycle they were riding ran off a road and down an embankment north of Newburgh. Authorities identified the woman killed as... An embankment? As... Oh, my God. It's a bad day. See? Is the word you're looking for embankment? <laughs> this is horrible. Yes. One more day, Scotty. Come Seriously. on. Seriously. You're not supposed to announce that on the air. You're not, you're not supposed oh, okay. to want to go, this is awful. Right, I'm not making excuses, but could it be that the type is like point zero? On this, <laughs> that's if you were Tim right because this type is so small, no one can read this. Okay, they went down an embankment. All right, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello, is this me? Yes, sir. Yes, oh. it is. Hello. Oh, you spoke of Raw Julia, and I'm, it's kind of a sleeper movie with Mel Gibson it's called Tequila Sunrise. If you like the Raw Julia, you did a great job in that one. Tequila Sunrise, I saw year. I always get Tequila Sunrise confused. With Tango and Cash, and I know that's a terrible thing to say, but I always get the two movies confused in my head. Tequila Sunrise, I saw years and years ago. Was that Mel Gibson? Mel Gibson. He was. He's being perfectly male. Who was the chick? Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. I, think. I don't know. Why am I thinking Kurt Russell? It's because Kurt Russell was in Tango and Cash, yeah, wasn't he? I didn't he? care for that one so much. Okay, so I know you're a Raw Julia guy. Yeah, Raw Julia. He was. Uh, he really was just a great, very subtle actor. A lot of gravitas, a lot of presence. Very moxy. Yeah. No, I dig that guy. Uh, uh, I do miss him. So if you haven't seen him in presumed innocent you really ought to watch it i will i will all right excellent thank best, you sir best holiday show ever thank you my friend all right here you go authorities identified the woman killed are you it's still on the same story okay let's move on a couple people died uh, one person died and it was horrible i'm sure i'm sure that your grief is really consoling to the families you really sound like you're selling the sympathy the car carrying five people rolled several times. What Can is, we what, is happy seriously, news? what kind of news is this? This is it. And you don't have one about a... You I'll find you some news It gets great after this. You don't have anything about a, a child being what, killed it, by pit bulls? This is, this is a good story. This starts with, it starts with a car rolling. Yeah. That's, okay. That's a good one. Let me go through it. A car carrying five people rolled several times after the front passenger punched the driver, causing him to lose control early Sunday morning. So there you go. That certain kind of punch. That really was hilarious. It's a real rib tickler. Scotty, do you have your email open? Uh, you know, there's a big pile of watches yeah. and also another a whole pile of amusing stories that I've pulled for you over the last few days. Well, this is local, live, whatever they say. Okay. Look out for falling golf balls in Deschutes County. <laughs> Two miners were uh, throwing golf balls off a bridge and hitting cars. <laughs> the best news. part is how you're just... <laughs> really, you found nothing more hilarious in your life than falling golf balls somewhere. Two-alarm fire at Stimson Lumber Mill in Gaston early this morning. Uh, the fire actually it started yesterday at 11.45 a.m. Are you hungover? No, I'm just... Yes. Scotty, not actually. don't lie. No, Jesus, I, you know, when you lie, not. Jesus kills children. And baby yeah. Jesus cries. Yeah, seriously. No. I'm not. It's just and then he sets fire to lepers. The are you is... going to be drinking? Are you just no. trying to count down the time? I'm counting down the, uh, the the moments until I haven't you can had drink. any drinks since my boat trip. Which is which was when? 
That was like a week ago. Oh, that's Sunday. Oh, oh, seriously. How can you lie like that? smoking thing. You have been drinking. I we agree to not test you for nicotine because I don't want you to... Because, because it just, just gets uncomfortable after a point. And seriously, because I just I just don't care enough to uncover your lies. No, because if, if you want to hide it from us, you know, that badly. That's fine. It's I you, want them to keep, have your, a dirty secret. Your children. So, but to tell us that you haven't drunk anything in like a week is just ridiculous. Alcohol-wise. That's, that's a lie. I've been too busy. It's a lie. Doing it's an news, absolute lie. Moving. Yes, because, because I know that... After the, the end of a long, stressful day, at no point would you ever want to go home and imbibe alcohol or it actually in sounded, B-Bay. It sounded good mid-Saturday <laughs> afternoon, but I, I resisted. Give my liver a rest. A little bit of an inside joke. Okay. Boy, it's a holiday. Uh, Rick, thanks for working the holiday. Use guys are the A-team, says Charles. By the way, did you ever notice that Tim and Mr. T are never seen together? Just food for thought. Thank you, sir. All right. Why so, is that, Rick Emerson? I don't really know the answer to that. Uh, all right, Scotty, let's try one more here, and then we'll take a break and let you get your let you get your head together. All right. Well, apparently there is one person that Heath Ledger can quit. Ledger and his fellow Brokeback Mountain Oscar nominee. And did you write that intro? Did you write that lead? No. No, I kind of read. Or did it come with the story? It did. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and parent Michelle Williams have ended their three-year relationship together. Both people. Uh, magazine and Us Weekly reported on this. According to both of the reports, the split took place several weeks ago, and uh, the reps say the couple have so far not uh, commented on on this separation. All right. Now, by the way, someone. this email says this is from Kimberly. Uh, Rick, homonyms are words that are spelled the same but sound differently. Nim meaning name and homonym meaning same. Oh, I guess I could have figured that out. Or words. Okay. So yeah, addict and addict are homonyms. So yes, you were cor- you were uh, you were right about that. Homonyms. Addict- no, you said homonym. Oh yes, I was correct about that. Yes. Addict and addict are homonyms. Who can come up with another example of a homonym right now? Uh, but they're spelled the same but pronounced differently. Spelled the same, but they're actually two different words, even though they're spelled the same. This is the nerdiest thing ever, but you know what? It's a holiday, so I can have a little NPR moment. Who can come up with another homonym? Spelled the same, but they're actually two different words. Um, so are they pronounced the same? No, no. So spelled, pronounced differently, spelled, spelled the, same, the same, and sound, have a different meaning. Yeah, spelled the same, but sound differently. Hmm. Um, hmm. This is either great or the dullest thing we've ever done. Maybe some listeners can call in. I, I actually thought about this one day because we were. T- I was talking to my don't kids. Don't tell me you thought about homonyms. Well, no, That's just I, a lie. I don't know that word. But I do know that I was thinking about there and there. And nope. we were talking about all these words. And I know that doesn't fit what you're talking about now, but it's kind of in the same lines. Words that are that that in America, rather, or in the English language. It does, it seem like there it's, and there, they can be used differently, you know. Really? Are, we, are you actually making that observation on the air? That there and there can actually have different meanings? All right. I can't think of any. I know that it seems like I, that we just had a whole bunch of them. Um, I know, this is driving me nuts. Now it's just going to bother me. The, let's see. Don't. Maybe what? I can look up homonym on the on the internet. <laughs> You've never said that phrase before in your life, and you never will again. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Tear and care. What? Tear and care. Oh, you're smarter than us. Oh, yeah. No, we're retarded. Thank you, sir. Bye. Bye now. Oh, Damn. Damn you! The sad part is I can't spell homonym, so I can't get to it. <laughs> and we're out! <laughs> That's fantastic. 
<laughs> oh, you know, the great thing is sometimes I don't know when we're going to have a punchline to go out on him, and Scotty always, Scotty always comes through like a champ. Way to go. <laughs> and then he's just doing this sad shake of his head right now. Back after this, it's the Rick Emerson Show. We are live on Labor Day. We'll return next. Don't go anywhere. Emerson Radio Program. It is live. Labor Day. Monday. 503-733-2970. Uh, coming up later on today on Labor Day, we got CNN Radio correspondent James Roop. Also, resume and resume. There you go. That's a good one. Hmm. Resume and resume. I haven't even cheated yet. I haven't looked. Although, I'm just reading once, people. You would not believe the number. For all of jokes about no one listening at holidays, you would not believe the number of emails I just got about, about homonyms. Uh, how about this? Lead and lead. Like lead the metal and then lead to uh, to lead someone. Yeah. All right, I suck. It's 503-733-2970. Yeah, that's it. Did somebody just sent me that one, too. Read and red. Oh, here's a whole list of them. Wait, where did this? Somebody just sent me Somebody just sent me a giant list of hom... Really? Who has time to put together a giant list of homonyms? All right. Google.com. That, uh, yeah, then, no, that's true. 503-733-2970. Uh, Jim Rube coming up later on. Uh, Aaron Geek in the City Duran will be here. Uh, we'll have uh, today's top five, and we'll give away another copy of uh, Sign of the Times, two CD, Best of Queensryche from Capital EMI. Here's Scotty Jagan for Tim Riley. Well, this news out of Venice, Italy. Actor Owen Wilson, who was, was hospitalized August 26th after a, an apparent suicide attempt, is doing well and even making colleagues laugh. This is a made-up story. I'm not saying you made it up, but I'm saying this is a total PR. This is this is some press secretary sitting there at an Apple, uh, just pounding out some story and sending it out for us to dutifully relay as though it were real. Dude, I was reading an internet story about Owen Wilson, and uh-huh. it was actually called Tears of a Clown. Oh, what happened really? to Owen Wilson? Oh. It was the greatest thing ever. The, 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 the people one's not nearly that good. People one is Owen Wilson's private pain. That's a... Uh, Yes. The tears, tears of a clown. clown. Is the best thing I've ever heard. You know, I semi understand depression, kind of. I don't really suffer from it myself, other than getting bored sometimes and having to find things to do. But that's not really depression. Here, well, here, I know. Here's the deal: is a, a guy like this, or or people with tons of money that are in rock bands that just turn to total drugs and darkness, where they're just in a room for days on end. I watched darkness. The Aviator the other night. Now, obviously, that guy had a lot of problems. Aviator. I mean, I'm just talking about people in general that have made it and they have all this money and then they're just they're just complete recluses and or into drugs or they want to kill themselves. It just doesn't make sense to me because if I had that kind of money, I'd be traveling the world. I'd be buying a building or doing whatever. It's, it's, if only you weren't a million dollars in debt. Exactly. Really, if somebody was going to be depressed, I would say that that would be you. I would say you are the perfect candidate for depression. It's really kind of admirable that you're not suicidal. I mean, really, if you think about it, I mean... 
The oh, man I'm, speaks t- I'm the totally, truth, Scotty. I'm totally positive on everything. I mean, I don't, I don't care if I... I mean, take a look at Donald You're $900,000 in debt. Your wife is constantly shrieking at you. You work for slave wages and are an indentured servant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Can I'm I just saying, heavy I'm drinking habits. And now you can't even turn to your old friend's cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have cigarettes as a uh, a friend on on the MySpace. It's kind of funny. Is that true? I do. I should put it up there as well. Next as to corn dog. Friend. Yeah. Cigarettes and corn dog. <laughs> Scotty J story. Well, Howard Hughes was clearly just crazy. I mean, he was a guy that wasn't depressed. He was obviously just nuts. He had he a, is what a lot the, of stuff going on that they didn't really know about back then. Yeah, I mean, it, well, it's like how they, you know, back in the olden days, they used to just talk about grandma. Well, grandma's grandma's gone batty or whatever. She's she's become an eccentric. But you know, I, it, clearly it, there were any number of people who had Alzheimer's and whatever, and they just didn't recognize her, didn't know what it was, and so they would just remember when you used to just say that old people had gone senile. Well, right, she's got right. a little senile. Well, I mean, it's obviously Alzheimer's right. that people had that they just never diagnosed. Howard Hughes, they called him when they said, "Well, he's just an obnoxious recluse," but he was obviously just mental. I mean, the guy was just nuts. But, I mean, just full-on screaming nuts. Clearly. Now, have you seen the movie The Aviator? Yeah, I didn't really care for it all that much. I, um, I watched it. I think I. I saw it on cable, and then I bought it. Never watched the one that I bought, but I saw it again on cable is that last next night. To, is, you, never bu- you never watched the one that you bought. Is that right next to the video iPod still in the box that you've never opened? No, I have actually played it at least three times. All right. This is trying to, it's hard to imagine that you're uh, a million dollars in debt. It's hard to drive and like change songs on your iPod while you're driving. Life is hard, Rick. Yeah, really, life is difficult. <laughs> I, I don't know how you make it through every day. How do you manage, Scott? <laughs> Jesus. Well, All right. well just, but anyway, the story about Owen Wilson right. being up, that's like when Reagan got shot and immediately they're like, he was up and around joking with nurses. Not true. Not true. Well, he's working, of course, with Wes Anderson on a new movie. He's not working and, on anything. And Wes Anderson is saying, I cannot tell you how, how well he is doing. And, uh, of course, Wilson and Anderson work together on other movies, The Royal Town and Bombs, uh, Wedding Crashers. It sounded like your voice started to fall apart. It there. did. As I... Uh, as I pointed out, I will always love Owen Wilson because he co-wrote Rushmore. So, you know, he's always going to be big in my book for that, but... The idea that he's sort of up and around and juggling things in his room. I mean, look, even if he's better physically, I mean, if you're depressed enough that you try to off yourself by, I mean, wrist cutting, it seems like the real deal. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And especially since he was found by a family member, he didn't call 911. That doesn't seem like a cry for help kind of thing. That sounds like a trying to kill myself kind of thing. No, I don't know, but there were some rumor reports that it was just more of a, um, like a scraping. Oh, a scraping. He tried tried to scrape his wrists. Why can't he be a man and just, like, lock up the entire garage and turn on the car and asphyxiate himself? Can't spell it. Like you preemptively now tell us you can't spell things. <laughs> I don't think that's the manliest way to kill yourself. The manliest way to kill yourself is to, um, I don't know, affix some sort of a sign to your back and then jump off the Empire State Building. Yeah. Screaming the sign out behind you. <laughs> or like, Ew, and I the got, sign comes out behind you and says like, F That this. reminded me of that story. Remember that story a few months back when the guy jumped off and yeah. like part of him was found on the 60th they found his floor? Leg. They found a the leg on the 60th on the floor. Okay. That's great. So you should have had some. You should have little. Uh, messages on all kinds of pieces on his body, so when they find him, it says stuff. Yeah, and well, Sarah was Sarah yeah. was miming when I talk about the manliest way to go. Sarah was miming a gun, uh, like the Hemingway, uh, so to speak, the the the, the, the Ernest Hemingway to go. But, but see, here's why that's a chump move, in my opinion. I think taking yourself out with a gun is a pussy move, uh, because then there's like some some like low wage guy who's got to come clean that. 
It's like some minimum wage is going to come scrape your business off a wall. If you jump off something, they do too. That's true. They can power. I think they can power spray a lot of that away. But the larger chunks, there's a guy who no, just scoop those mil- into a bucket. Well, if he indeed actually did, I mean, Elliot Smith, come on, stabbing yourself to death. Yeah, that's. I mean, but you know. that really doesn't seem probable. No. Hey, well, there's a lot of people who think he didn't do that. I. Yeah, are you? Are you one of them? Stabbing yourself like multiple times. Yeah, once you stab uh. yourself, it, it hurts, and you're like, oh, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't have <laughs> done that. Once you stab yourself, it hurts. Thanks, Quincy. <laughs> Why'd I do that? I think I want to live now. And Why did hurts. I do that? Well, you know, I got to tell you, and I, I don't recommend it if you're easily depressed. Uh, but that movie, The Bridge, which is about all those people who jump off the Golden Gate Bridge with the footage of same, they do interview the one guy who jumped off that year who lived. Um, and he's not messed up amazing, amazingly. He's not, uh, I, he, like, broke, broke he, some bones. So he can walk and no, he's talk? Fine. And... No, he broke some bones, and then they healed, and he's fine. Now, asked, will he do it Ph- again? Physically, they said he was fine. I mean, he's he clearly, again, he's he's bipolar. He had an and... epiphany. He, no, he did. He said he, he jumped off, and he said uh, he, he's he's obviously a kid with a lot of problems. I mean, he's on all kinds of medication. He's uh, he, he was diagnosed as bipolar when he was young. He, he just is obviously mental. His family is no, no walk in the park either because the dad sort of has this whole – they interview his dad, and the dad – doesn't seem uncaring, but the dad clearly gives off a tone of, like, why did I have to have a defective kid? Why? 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 You know, why me? Which I guess you can understand, because the kid's clearly a handful. Um, but he talks about, he does the whole thing of taking the bus out there, and, you know, and he'd, he'd called in sick to school or whatever, and so nobody would be looking for him. And then he'd go into the Golden Gate Bridge, and he stood there, and, uh, you know, whatever that he jumped off, and he did. He he's like, you know, he's like the minute my feet left the railing, he's like, I knew it was the wrong thing. It's like I knew it was the wrong thing to do the minute my feet left the railing. Oh, that's weird. Um, and that's a long drop. It's like, I mean, it's like, I think it's like nine seconds or something, which is. Um, you know, how did he possibly live? Um, he said that it was just sheer luck that he didn't hit horizontally. He just went. Straight down, feet first. God, I wonder how far down. You see, went. that could shove your feet up into your stomach. Yeah, and your no, neck. it's, it's like mean. a billion to one that he lived. So his his toes were pointed down. Uh, I hate to say this is the only way to describe it, like a ballerina, sort of. You know, where his toes were pointed down. So he sort of knifed in. He went down about fifty feet. Uh, Yikes! And then he came back up. Um, and it's actually kind of a weird story. He, of course, ascribes it all like they all do. He ascribes it to Jesus, but. Um, he went down about 50 feet, and he said he felt something brush against his leg. And this is actually kind of funny. He said, so he jumps off the Golden Gate Bridge, goes straight down, zoom, 50 feet under the water. And he said he realized that he wasn't dead. And then he felt something brush against him. He said he said he actually had this thought of like, oh, Christ, I lived, and now I'm going to be eaten by a shark. No, and this. it had to be one of those San Francisco mermaids. No, it was... Scotty. Trying to tell a story about suicide. Oh, sorry. no, it's fine. Whatever. Um, what matter to me? But no, he and so he said he, he said he did have this sort of grim realization where it was sort of funny to him. He's like, oh, I I survived jumping up the Golden Gate Bridge. Now a shark is going to eat me alive. What did he know? What it was? It was uh, he found out later. It was a uh, like a sea lion. Uh, and so a sea lion actually, as he described it, and they, there's no reason to disbelieve him because he was 50 feet under the water. Said a sea lion actually um, pushed him up. Uh, and they said the sea lion might have thought that he was another sea lion because he was dressed in dark clothes or might have thought he was 
in distress. Something or something or something, you know, because sea lions are very, they're very playful creatures and might have thought he was just like a piece of wood or whatever, Mm -hmm. pushed him and pushed him up to the surface. Well, that was the scariest thing about cliff jumping, too, is like when you um, hit the water and you're completely just going straight into the water like a pin. I mean, you go down, they're like 20, 30 feet. That was the most panic-inducing thing for me because you're way down deep and you look up and you see how far down you've jumped. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very, it's just freaky. And uh, yeah, so he, he, I think he broke a leg and I think he dislocated or whatever, you know, like a couple of vertebrae or whatever. But he didn't have any, didn't have any permanent damage. I mean, and he was a guy that uh, they actually had talked to and interviewed prior, and he said, that, "That's it, I'm going to do it." And they filmed him. No, 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 uh, no, 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 don't totally backward. Okay. I want to be very clear about this about the movie. Um, they, what the guy did. It's a great movie. It really is fascinating. I'm sure it's it called, is. It's called The Bridge. It's uh, playing all month on IFC, and I think you can also rent it. This filmmaker, because, you know, the Golden Gate Bridge is the most popular suicide destination in the world. Uh, and they average a suicide every two weeks. Uh, and so this guy knew about this. So what he did is he went to the city and he got permission to put, like, five cameras sort of ringing the Golden Gate Bridge to get it from every angle. And then he just let the cameras run for a year. Uh, and then at the end of the year, they had captured uh, 24 people, I think, jumping off the bridge. Uh, and they very deli- and then and then what they did is they would find out who the people were and then they interviewed their families the survivors and so they intercut interviews with the family they intercut that with the footage of the people because they say that no one goes to the bridge and just jumps off everyone goes there and then like pace back and forth have for you like walked across it. Uh, no, no. Uh, I have, and it's like your heart just when you look it's over. It's huge. I mean, I I'm not afraid of heights at all, but it made me afraid. Of when it. I was in San Francisco, the closest I got was seeing it from down below on the street. You know, seeing because you can see it from everywhere in that city. And I did, we didn't have time to go across it, but I mean, it, just seeing it from like uh, uh, you know ways away, it's massive. I mean, it's massive. Um, but everybody paces back and forth, apparently. And in fact, this kid that jumped off and lived, it was kind of weird. He said that while he was standing there wondering whether to jump or not. Like, several tourists would come by, like, can you take my photo? And so there's – and it's weird that they actually interview a bunch of tourists who were getting their photos taken. And in the background, occasionally – like, the, like they interview this one family where they were getting their photo taken. And then later, when they developed the photos, like, you could see in the background a guy getting ready to jump. Oh, my God. Just because, you know, because you never know. And so they interview the families, the survivors of of, uh, of people who killed themselves, and then they intercut it with footage of the person who died pacing back and forth. So they'll stop, and they, like, look over the rail down at the bay, you know, and then well, and then they just uh, go over. There's, you know? a, there's a way that the city can cure this. I don't know how much it would really cost to have a security person. I, uh, obviously, you can't run from one end to the other. It's a pretty long bridge. But if they had a security person that could... You know, also have a little bit of a background in psychology. But I think that the, the bridge is just too big to patrol, though. I mean, like you said, it's just massive, and you can't. You how about know. how about a little, you they, know, fencing? But there or is something. Well, they've got railing, but it's it's like the, but the city they they make the point that like the, the the bridge is like this beautiful architectural thing, and they're like that's the same reason they don't because they're like why do you string nets across the bottom? And like well, because then you have a big ugly net across the entire you know. Uh, across the entire underside of the Golden Gate Bridge. So, I mean, whatever. I don't know. It's, it, but uh, but occasionally the cops, they they do have some footage of cops getting word that, like, hey, you know, there's somebody standing there, and occasionally the cops will come, and there's a few times where somebody looks over the side, 
and then you see the cops come and like grab the person and bring him over, or, like talk him back over the uh, the rail. Because the cops, I mean, they know. I mean, that's they they know that like once every two weeks, someone will do. It. But the thing is, you know, if somebody's gonna kill himself, you just can't stop them. The uh, best way to do this is to charge people a toll just to get onto the sidewalk, and that way at least they'll make a little bit of money off some of the folks. <laughs> that's a terrible thing to say. Way to be sympathetic. Scotty. No, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of money involved in oh, searching Scotty. for people on mountains and searching for people in the water. Lemonade, right? lemonade, lemonade. Well, you don't have to search for them when they jump off the Golden Gate Bridge. That's the thing. Now, they just wait. Has it been proven that there are sharks in there? I don't know if that's a fact there are, yet. No, there are sharks. Cause it's salt water. It's a bay. It's cold. I, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's connected cold to the ocean. And it's, okay. I mean, that's. I just don't know if the sharks ever were really. In there. I don't know that they really attack people all that often, but they are there. I mean, that was one of the reasons why they Alcatraz suspected the myth. That's why. Well, but that's one of the reasons why they suspected the Alcatraz guys didn't make it is because there's a swift current and there are sharks in the water. That they don't they don't really attack people. But you know, sharks don't attack people most of the time anyway. I'm gonna say they froze to death or were pulled out to sea. I mean, it's Ooh. that cold. The guys escaping from oh, Alcatraz. Don't even get me started on the guys escaping from Alcatraz. I can talk about that for days. Hi, uh, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hi, how you doing? Hey, what's up? Um, well, I, I just finished uh, Youth in Revolt today. Excellent. Thank you, sir. And it was an excellent book. Um, Carlita, is a, or Car- Carletta is a very interesting character. Carlotta is fantastic. Um, the, we were talking to somebody uh, uh, last week, and he's we're talking about Youth in Revolt by C.D. Payne. And, the, um, and this guy calls up, and I, and I had not given anything but really the broadest strokes about the book. I said, you know, it's about a young, about a teenage boy who has a terrible home life, falls in love with this uh, beautiful hot girl, and then the rest of the book is his attempts to sort of win her over and, and, and you know, wit, woo her for his very own. And um, this guy called up, and he's like, I just got to that section about Nick and Lefty giving each other, uh, you know what? And yeah. I said, yeah. And I, I uh, <laughs> wondered, I was like, what? Oh, okay, sure. It's like that, and then the part where Nick uh, and the the whole Carlotta section, which is another thing that like, there's no point in describing it to people because I'd prefer it be a surprise. And plus, you just couldn't possibly convey how weird that last third of the book is. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, exactly. And um, I know who can play uh, George Twist. I'm sorry. I know who can play George. Twist. Oh, who? Um, Scotty J, if he was a mean Scott, girl. Oh, totally. Scotty would totally be Nick's dad if he was just drunk a lot. Or, I and, mean, you know, if he was angrily drunk a lot. Yes. That's fantastic. That really is great. Well done, sir. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. I can totally see you being Nick Twist's dad in this book. I haven't read it. Oh, it's great. <laughs> uh, it's you it one of the three? Probably. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't even know how you guys have time to read. I mean, I, I was at home, and I'd love to read, but there is constantly something going on or... Debt to be acquired. Yeah, I mean it's. I never have time to sit down and. I don't have time to read as much as I want. I uh, and as I always make the joke that when I'm unemployed, I get a lot more read because you know this is you know whatever because the work takes up a lot of time and blah blah blah. But I, uh, you know, there just isn't enough time in the day to read. I will give you that. And I just I started another book um, just this weekend um, that I'm enjoying a lot. But again, I'm only like three or four chapters into it because it's just like there's just too much to do. And I, you know, some of that is television and watching movies and whatever. But I, uh, you know, it is it is it is a little frustrating. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey gang, how you doing? What's up? Well, oh, I wanted to implore Sarah. She enjoyed the uh, Handmaid's Tale. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the movie is actually pretty good. With Robert Duvall. Yes, I think Rick mentioned it the other day. Yeah, it's disturbing. It's good though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's, it's kind of low budget kind of thing. I mean, nothing can really hold a candle to the book, but it's a decent film. Cool. Yeah, I definitely want to check it out. Right on. I'm sure you can pretty pretty, pretty much rent it. I have a copy, but. Uh... Um, also, Scotty, the reason you don't have any time to read is you have children. Yeah, yeah it could face. be a big 
There's always some soccer thing going on. Or exactly. The sound of an, an involved parent. I was just going to say the sound of a parent <laughs> really interlaced with their child's uh, child's adolescence. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Here you go. Read it to your read to your kids. <laughs> I have my kids read to me. Uh, all right. All right, here's Scotty J at the Ministry of Truth. Well, something very disturbing is unfolding in uh, a New Jersey case, and I believe Michael Jackson tried this with some Jesus juice one time. A nanny is accused of spiking the juice of some children. Uh, Bergen County Jennifer Wolf put, Benetri- uh, put Benadryl in the cups of the children she was employed to take care of to make them sleep. She was a part-time nanny in, nanny. <laughs> in Hillsdale, I don't know why I uh, New Jersey. For the last three years to the children. So for three years of this, and they're just catching it now, and the children are ages uh, three and one, she's due in court next week for... I don't know how parents get along without doing that. I really don't. I'm not saying I that without I advocate it. No, 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 without spiking their children's drinks or something. I'm not saying that I advocate it, but I'm saying... Really? I know my own worst impulses. I don't understand how parents get through the day without dosing their kids. I'm just saying sometimes kids. Muppet's extra spazzy and I have a bunch of people over and a beer spills and some of it lands on the porch. <laughs> and he'll lick a little bit of it. And you don't stop him. And then go right to sleep. Yeah. You just... I'm, just, I'm not bad. This doesn't happen all the time. But I'm saying I could run and get a towel, but the time I get back, he's already cleaned it. I'm just saying it would be very tempting. Uh, we're <laughs> God, right. Hey, guys, this. I yeah. found a new homonym in this story. A, a what? Or whatever your thing you were saying oh. this morning. It's called what? Isn't it a homonym? Homonym. <laughs> In a land that's where uh, that's where Jackie Paper lives okay, with well, the Magic Dragon. That's true. No, it's not. <laughs> we'll try this one out for size. Arrangement. Arraignment. Right? We'll be back after this. It's 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, CNN Radio Correspondent. He's... Pointing to the paper as though the paper is going to come to his defense. It's 503 733 2970. Jim Roop coming up. Top five songs from this week 20 years ago. Aaron Geek and the City Duran. Your chance to win a double disc CD from Queensrack. You stay there. Here's Alice Cooper. She's a little
It's the Rick Emerson radio program, live from Portland. Love this. Talk to Jim Rope here in just a few moments. Responded to the stars, James Roop. Hello, sir. Howdy. Hello, brother. How are things? How's Labor Day? Hot. Is it? Oh, it's like 116 in Arizona. I got a text message from my friend Sneeden, who's down there. He sends me this text. He's like, I am in Arizona. It is 116. I am in hell. Please kill me. I'm sitting in a room right now, and as God is my witness, 116 degrees. Uh, really? I have no power. <laughs> Transformer blew up. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh just now. I didn't expect that to be the next sentence out of your mouth. Hey, I thought you were supposed to be in Atlanta. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. So you're there just long. You're in California just long enough to simmer in a room with no oh, air conditioning. Absolutely. Oh, Jesus. Now I feel bad for keeping you on hold for two minutes. Yeah, that was a good song. Oh, yes. One of our listeners, Ben, our listener Benjamin, did that. Um, Very creative. Jesus. So it's 116. You're sitting in a room without power. Yeah. When did that happen? Uh, about 10 o'clock this morning, I guess. God. I mean, I don't mean for this to sound sleazy, but what are you wearing? I mean, really, what does one wear when it's 116? I'm wearing a, I'm, I'm not wearing a shirt, and I'm wearing a <laughs> pair of running shorts. Do you have shoes on? Oh, no. <laughs> Fantastic. Let's all stop to picture it. Ah, oh, yeah. Ah, oh, Jesus. I mean, 116, I know I'm saying something that you already know because you're there in that room with no air conditioning. Mm-hmm. I, uh... <laughs> That we're just not meant to be in places that are that hot. No, we're not, sir. I mean, that's just uh, that is beyond the the, the realm of, of the the reasonable human experience. It is very hard to keep the headphones on my head because they keep sliding down. Oh. and that is the truth. Oh God, I mean, is it when? Did, so, what caused the power to go out specifically? Was it just that everybody decided to yeah, flip on their that's AC? That's exactly once? what it is. Everybody, the demand is so high that transformers are just overheating. And, and catching fire. So you have the fire department out there fighting the fires on the power poles, and then you got the power crews behind them trying to put new transformers in. I think it must go without saying that being a firefighter when it's 116 degrees 
is the most, I mean, really, that's the most admirable thing on earth. <laughs> really, I mean, what, what else, what, that's got to be the worst job on the planet. Hey, these right guys now. are wearing a lot more clothing than I am. Yeah, I mean, that's, I can't imagine how you can fight a fire in 116 degree weather, and obviously it's a lot hotter when you get close to the flames, without just keeling over. Yeah. I don't even know how that works. All right. Well, how long? Well, they, they drink a lot of water. I mean, they really do, and and uh, they're in pretty good shape. So they're out there hoofing it. How long are you on the uh, clock for today? Uh, looks like till about three or four. Okay. Well, so it's almost up now. Are you going to have power when you get home? I have no idea. Ah, oh, dude. Oh, that sucks. I wish that we could send cool air down the telephone for you. I feel it, babe. I do. I wish I could just sort of. And just sort of, you know, cool you off. That was a little hot. Yeah, I got nothing. All right, well. That's okay. It's not that bad. I mean, it could be worse. I could be outside in the sun. You could be covered with fire ants. You know, I could be. That would be worse. I could, in molasses. It could be 116 degrees and someone could be kicking you in the groin with an iron boot. That's true. That would be worse. See how much better I have it? <laughs> Way to look at the glasses being half full, sir. Absolutely. I wish I had a glass that was half full. <laughs> of beer. Uh, anything. Um, all right. Well, not that you really care about this at this point, but uh, so Jerry Lewis, blah, 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 telethon, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, as I said on Friday, I had this whole sort of dissertation about the, that, that I quit watching the Jerry Lewis telethon when they started letting him take naps. Yeah. Because the only joy was just seeing him slowly go crazy over two days yeah. and seeing him shriek and sweat and yell at the audience and then getting closer with every passing moment to passing out. And uh, then crying at the end. And then crying at yeah. the end as they play you never, You'll Never Walk you never Alone. Walk alone yeah. Right? Um, anyway, so he doesn't really do that anymore, and he's off the drugs these days, apparently, so that's less Yeah, because he's looking better. But, yeah. you know, I, I was down at the telethon this morning, at the local one here, and we were talking, talking with some other people about what's going to happen when he dies. Right. It's been 42 years of this thing. When he's gone, Ed McMahon's about gone. I mean, come on, look at him. Yeah. Do you he's death-eating crackers. Have you noticed that, 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 that Ed McMahon, his lower jaw, it looks like a ventriloquist dummy? Yeah, I know. Just like he's got those I long know. notches on either side of his lower, of his chin. And I don't know that he's 100% aware of exactly where he is. <laughs> you know? Some... Jan, Jan Carr will toss to him and he'll go, oh... Thanks for the intro. Someone puts him on a plane. Someone gets him off the plane. That's right. In between, he doesn't know. Uh, how old is Jerry Lewis? I don't know. Because, I mean, Dean Martin. He's got to be 80. Dean Martin died 10 years ago. Yeah. And I know that he was older than Jerry, but still, I mean, he's no, no spring chicken, as they say. Uh, here's a dumb question. Why does Jerry Lewis care so much about muscular dystrophy? And I'm not trying to minimize that. I'm, it's very admirable. But, I mean, he doesn't have it, obviously. No. Why, do we know why he cares so much about he muscular just, dystrophy? He just, you know, way back when, uh, he was just involved in a fundraiser for MD once. And uh, he... You know, it, the, the kids with the disease really kind of tugged at him, you know. And right. so the next year he decided to have a little more active role, and, and then uh, this telethon developed, and he's been doing it ever since. Because it is it is a pretty uh, emotional thing. Oh, yeah. You see all these kids yeah. out there, yeah. you know. I mean, I, my own kid has the disease. So, I, I mean, I can kind of feel for the guy when he kind of gets into it. So he's just kind of been around. And what's going to happen when he's gone? Who knows? I mean, Norm Crosby's about to go. Ed McMahon's about to go. He's about to go. <laughs> he's going to shut the door because his sons aren't following in his footsteps. You don't see his sons as a co-host kind of thing. You would think he'd, he'd be grooming people. And Jan, Carl, and all those folks who are kind of in the wings with him, I don't know that they can maintain it the way he does. Well, Even when he was all bloated with steroids, uh, if he wasn't there, it wouldn't have made the money that it did. How much did it make this weekend? 
Well, it's still on. I mean, it's on for another oh, that's right. it goes five to the end hours, of the day. I think. I, you know? Because we're here, I keep forgetting it's still a holiday. Yeah, I think Ed McMahon, he, he, uh, he sort of predicts what they're going to make, and I think he predicted something like $70 million. But they've made billions over the last 42 years. Where the hell did all that money go? Well, you think they'd find a cure by now. That was actually going to be my – Sam Kinison used to do this uh, this routine uh, where he, he – Sam Kinison had a comedian of his who was um, in a wheelchair who would come up, and they would do this as only Sam Kinison could get away with. They would do this routine, and it was called, like, F. Jerry Lewis, <laughs> like, you know, big fat ass or whatever. I forget what it was called. But – it was the routine was they would bring up this comedian. Um, his name was um, oh God. His name is escaping me at the moment. But they would bring him up, and this guy was I don't know. He was he was he was like I don't know thirty something. But he was in his wheelchair, and, and the the deal was that he would cite however much money Jerry Lewis had had raised to fight muscular dystrophy, and he would say like you know he's raised like billions of dollars. Where is the cure? And then at the end of the routine, he would demand that Jerry Lewis either like just cut him a check, or like or like send a bunch of hookers up to his room. And the routine was called like the cash or the cure. Yeah. And it was like if you don't come up with a cure, just just cut me a check, Jerry. So um, it, well, there's not even a treatment. And, and and you know, there's 40 different diseases under the MDA umbrella. So I mean, what do you put the research money into? Which disease? Well, you know, everything from Lou Gehrig's to Duchenne's muscular dystrophy is involved in this thing. And it's like holy mackerel. Now is that now are they related? Uh, Illnesses? Well, they're all muscle degenerating diseases. Right. You know, so. Well, it's like when they make those statements, and I never know how to take these sorts of things, but when they, I forget who it was that made this statement. It might have been Michael J. Fox, actually, who made this statement in front of Congress, and he said, I think the phrase was one, one billion, which he may have just pulled out of one of his orifices, but he actually said, he said, for a billion dollars, he said, we could cure Parkinson's. And you always wonder if that's true or if that is just sort of a statement made to sort of goad people into, into, into trying to get their asses in gear to donate more. It's got to be because medicine is not an exact science. So how can you know that that's, a, that's the price it'll, it'll, it'll take to get to where you have to get? Right. I mean, it's too, many, uh, it's too much research, too many, uh, too many FDA rules because you're going to have to experiment on animals first and then move into human beings. And, sure. and there's going to be trial and error and ah, uh, just there's no way. And you're talking about genetics. It's not like you can find a virus and cure it like polio. Right. I mean, this is a genetic thing. It's a mutation that you got to first identify and then figure out how to stop that mutation from happening, then reverse it. I mean, the motor neurons don't regenerate. It's the only thing in your body that doesn't regenerate. Now, so that, how, how are you going to make that happen? Now, is this, because I just don't know a whole lot about stuff, is this a, like, a, a, like a stem cell kind of a thing? I think stem cells would help, sure. Absolutely. But it, it, you're still a long way away. And, you know, they always say this stuff, you know, especially to families. We're so close. Right. We're on the right street. We just don't know the address. Oh, yeah. Somebody get somebody Google MapQuest. Well, you know, find it for Christ's sake. And it just is. I mean, it, it, I don't know when you hear There's a lot of false hope out there, pal. And when you well and when you hear that they got like 80 million dollars, you know, a year. I mean, I'm not trying and I'm not trying to put it on Jerry Lewis. I'm saying, you know, somebody's bringing in 70 million dollars a year and they can't seem to, to get it nailed down. I but mean, I, it is, but, you know, there's a lot of politics involved in research. Somebody wants to be the guy who's attached to the cure. So they're fighting for all this money. Because they're not working together. I mean, yeah, they're working together, the researchers, but, but somebody wants to be the guy who discovers the cure. 
It's I don't not know. like, we'll do it collectively. Come on. Well, I don't know if you saw that. Uh, there's a, the, the book by Randy Schiltz, which was then made into a motion picture with Alan Alda, among other people, that the band played on. Oh, yeah, I saw that. It's the ex exact same thing. I, I firmly believe that that's going on. Yeah, where there's, you know, if they have... I've interviewed too many doctors over the years not to believe that the ego is driving these guys to do a lot of this. Well, sure, because everybody wants to be Watson or Crick, you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Everybody, in fact, Watson and Crick are a great example of that, where they, you know, the guys who allegedly discovered the double helix and DNA, and, it, you know, if you read, not to diminish what those guys did, and I can't believe we're having a discussion about Watson and Crick, but I mean, if you, you sit and you read any sort of analysis about the discovery of DNA, it was Watson and Crick and that other woman who just, they just shafted out of the credit yeah. it, just because they could, because they could get away with it. So, Well, I, honestly, I don't care who figures it out, as long as somebody does, and I'll give them all the credit they want, but I think they're fighting against themselves too much. Seriously. And that, and that is what's slowing the process down. And there's enough money to go around. I mean, some guys should take this part of it. Some guys should take that part of it. And when you when you start working together on it, then bring it together and see where you are. But right now, there's too much too much of uh, yeah, too many egos involved, and I think that's a big problem. Well, somebody's got to get on the stick. Uh, in the in the meantime, the so it's uh, it's MDA. In the meantime, it's hot. And it's mdausa.org is the website for that. mdausa.org. So that's going on the rest of the day. Yeah, at least at least it's a good organization. They really support the families. You know, if you need something, they'll help you out. You know, they don't care about how much money you got. You need 500 bucks to repair your kid's wheelchair, you can have it. You know, at least at least those kind of services are being funded through the through and the camps and all that stuff are being funded through the telethon. So, I mean, there there are a lot of things that work in that organization. Yeah. And meanwhile, if I had like $18 to get somebody to bring you like a half rack of beer, you know, or whatever, whatever it would cost a courier that over, I would do that. <laughs> if, if only I had somebody like a bike messenger somewhere in Los Angeles to be bringing you a Heineken, my friend. Uh, wouldn't that be nice? Uh, It'd have to, it wouldn't be cold enough by the time it got here. You know, the irony is you're going to finish this out, you're going to get home. I hate to be a buzzkill. You're going to finish it, you're going to get home, and the beer in your fridge will have gone warm. That's what sucks. That's, what That's the thing that, and you're going to, you'll be like, you're going to go to the Ralph's and the ice thing will be empty. That's what happens to me every time there's a you know heat what? or a power. Call my wife and tell her to get down to the store. Seriously, no, I'm happens. telling you, guard that ice with your life. It's a, it's a, it's a precious commodity, Jim. Absolutely. Roop. All right, try to stay cool, brother. We'll talk to you very soon. Enjoy Thank the you, rest Bob. of your Labor Day. Thank you, Jim Roop in Los Angeles, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. All right. Oh, good God Almighty! All right, and that uh, and somebody emailed me asked again what the web address is. It's uh, mdausa dot uh, org is what that is. MDA like muscular uh, dystrophy association. mdausa dot org. All right, one twenty, whatever the hell, one twenty four. Um, yes, Neven sent me this uh, text message over the weekend where he was in Arizona, one hundred and sixteen degrees. I mean, that's not even human. I mean, that's above. I mean, it's just beyond even imagining. I don't even think, I mean, even growing up in Kennewick, which is, you know, just a flat-out scorching desert, I don't think I've ever been someplace where it's 116 degrees. Yeah, 109, 110, that's the most I've ever insane. I can't even doing. imagine why you would want to do that. All right. Um, okay, so it's 124. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm saying is that we've got some schedule that we got to get. You never told today. us what you did this weekend. Uh, well, Aaron's going to be in later. We'll talk about it with Aaron. Did you hang out with Aaron? No. <laughs> no, it's movie-oriented, so I'll, I'll wait till Aaron. Aaron, uh, Geek in the City, Duran, begin around 2 o'clock. Uh, F. Matt, you wanted to know what the F. Matt yes. stood for. Are there any other uh, burning, while we're here today, Scotty, any other burning questions you have about the uh, Rick Emerson show or the phraseology contained therein? Well, I did actually have some, but I can't remember what they were. <laughs> okay, fantastic. I think of the show often, almost do, on a daily basis. Do you really? Except for Saturdays and Sundays. Okay, okay, great. Way to keep your nose to the grindstone. Oh, Scotty. Does Mrs. J have any questions about the Rick Emerson show? <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> uh, we should have Mrs. J come in and do the show with us someday. 
She'd probably love that. Sarah just gave me the look. She you loves you seen, guys. I'm you really. should have just... No, no I think I'm just messing that with you. You should have... No, uh, now look. I, we she just objects see. to some of the, that, the no, drinking bits. The, the look on Sarah's face was just the look of, I don't think that would be a good idea because, well, because I, don't I don't think don't she likes get, us. I don't want her to get mad at us. She's not. No, and we don't dislike um, her. No, no, we were big no, fans of her. No, not with her, but I mean, like how we talk to Scotty J. Well, that's so it's true. always different. Like if you have a buddy, but then all of a sudden their their older sister's there, I and suppose. you have to talk a little differently. I know. I suppose that's true. And plus, you mean you'll treat me right? And the fact that I and the fact that I believe <laughs> we'll have that, to be like nice. Nice. I like that. I that's think a great show idea. I think the look also came from the fact that I've said repeatedly that I don't think she likes me. I think she dislikes. It's not true. I think she dislikes me intensely. Totally not true. And so I think it would start with her sitting on the teeny other celebrity stool next to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think if we all flash forward it end with her knifing me to death. She has right occasionally punched me in the arm though, so Really? You gotta kinda maybe How so? you gotta build up a wall or Does something. He, like, like a it's playful like punch a or wall. an anger an anger punch. Like a combination. Has your of wife pose. ever struck you in anger? No, it's more or less kind of a playful punch that hurts like hell. I think it's a big I guess. Yes. All right. Oh. Uh, okay, so I'll tell you what. Let's uh, take a break here. We'll come back. We'll talk about the origin of the phrase F-mat, uh, which is a question Scotty asked us. We'll do the uh, news here at the Ministry of Truth. Uh, we'll do the top five uh, coming up next hour as well. Let, or this hour, actually. We'll do the top five. Uh, next hour will be Aaron Geek in the city, Duran, and your chance to win a copy of Sound of the Times, the best of Queensryche from Capital EMI. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. The message is Mars needs women. We interrupt this record to bring you a special delivery. The reports of a flying saucer hovering over the city have been confirmed. I was walking through a life one morning. The sun was out, the air was warm. I bet they would, Rick Emerson. Who is this? Ted Leo? This is Ted Leo. That's the name of the guy or the band? or? Um, well, that's the name of the guy, but he tours with a band called The Pharmacist. Oh, okay, yeah. And he's changed them around a bunch, but for the past couple albums, he's used the same people. One of the best live shows I've ever been to in my life. He sounds a little bit like, um, a little bit like this guy Joe Jackson. You know who Joe Jackson is? Uh-huh. He sang that song, I'm the Man. Stepping Out. Stepping Out, yes. Got the time. Sunday paper. Yes. Look at you, Scotty. I'm surprised that you know who Joe Jackson is. Love that guy. 
In fact, he played at the Aladdin like uh, within the last year. Joe Jackson, who was sort of a, uh, who was in turn sort of an American, uh, he's American, right? Yeah. American Elvis Costello. Yeah, this is cool. Uh, there was an article about this guy, Ted Leo and the Willamette, where they said, like, he's destined to be a failure. I mean, they loved him, but they're like, he'll never be... Yeah, he's not mainstream. Yeah, they're like, he'll never have a mainstream hit, which sucks, because he's great. He's genius. Seeing him on stage, he, he's one of those people, when he's performing, you can tell he's just about the music. He doesn't give a crap about what he looks like. Yeah. He just throws himself into it. It's amazing. Yeah, I dig this. This is really cool. Hey, it's the Rick Emerson Show. We're live. It's Labor Day. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Thank you for coming by today. Uh, if you want to email us, it's Rick at RickEmerson.com, Sarah at nine seventy dot am or Scotty J at nine seventy dot am. Uh, speaking of which, lady, well, let me get this call here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's up? Please to explain why some hours are missing from the podcast from last week. Well, I wonder who could possibly explain that. Oh, hello, Scotty J. And what's strange is hour three was... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I looked over... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. When I said... I asked Scotty just now to explain that, and we just looked over at him, and he just smiled and shrugged. I Because I looked at it today, and uh, it didn't look very good on the on the podcast page. I, I have understand. no idea. They, they shouldn't be missing. They yeah, are they missing? There. Have you verified that they are? I've I looked at it and they appear to all be there on the AM 970 page with. Who is this? What is, what is your name, sir? This is Russ from North Dakota. Russ from North Dakota. Now you're saying if you go to 970.am, the podcasts are in fact not there. Well, uh-huh. hours one and two are, but three and four are. This is weird. Hours weird. three and four from Friday. Let me look right now. Let me go to 970.am as we speak. You're going to find duplicates of one and what two. What is Friday? Is that the 31st? Yes. All right. Let me click on 831.7. Rick Emerson Show. Boy, this is a slow-loading. Oh, is that us? How weird. Uh, this is a slow-loading program. Uh, this shows, how, this shows how, how much I know about my own uh, website here. Let's see. What do I uh, click here? Well, you got to be in the, the like such the an old main person. AM nine seventy page. Well, I don't ever go. Well, look, let me just be honest. I never, I never, I never do this because I, I don't have to listen to it, Scotty. I live it. There, now look, I have duplicates there, and I think three and four is there, right? No, no, he's so, right. There's just, just one, two. Right, there's just two. There's three just times two. over. Well, look, well, come here. Yeah. Look at this. This is gripping. We're analyzing the podcast live in the air. There's just one, two, one, two, one. Is that one, is that Friday or is that today? Uh, two of them are today, and two of them are from Friday. Boy, could this numbering system be any more difficult? Well, no, it's actually making it easier. For no, there's two of them from today. Okay, that's good. Or two of them from Friday. There's hour one and hour two. Three and four seems to be... Hour three and four. So when you looked at that earlier and said they were all there, that was just a load. That was, well, that was just a lot. I downloaded hour three on Friday, but four wasn't there, and now I'm looking for hour four, and hour three is gone. so okay. very confusing. I have no idea how anything, uh, I have no idea how anything works. All right, Scotty is leaving the room to look at something. He's going to something. get Aaron. He's going to get Aaron. I was going to lie and say he was going to go fix the podcast, but oh. that's probably not going to happen right now. All right, well, he's he'll he'll bust his hump to get it done, sir. Okay. I'll make sure it. that he fixes it. All right, thank you for listening, my friend. You bet. All right, bye now. All right, well, there you go. All right. Well, I guess now we're just killing time. Waiting for Scotty to come back. Let's mm. play a little Joe Jackson here. I hope. Let's see. This is the video. Wow, this sounds awesome. <laughs> Jesus Just Christ. like Ted Leo. What's going on there? 
the man on the radio. I mean, that's some weird live version of that. I'm not like the world's biggest Joe Jackson fan, but that's the first thing I, I thought of. So, exactly that, this. so where's Ted Leo from? You know, I don't know. Here's the thing. We started out friends. Oh, yeah, yeah. You played yeah, me. Yeah, I played this for you a long time ago. Yeah. I didn't know this was him. Yeah, yeah. Since you've been gone. Yeah, I love this song. He goes into maps by the IAM. Dedicated. Before we do it. Took the time. I forgot Aaron had his cool new glasses. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Geek in the city, Duran. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, in for the vacationing Tim Riley, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson program, Scotty J. From the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, the manufacturer says design probably was not the cause of the turbine collapse uh, last week. New Jersey. New Jersey. What's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is out of New Jersey. Seems like everything's out of New Jersey. What? I don't understand what's going on. Wait, maybe we should just start that again. I think I confused Scotty. Okay. Well, turbine blades turning at excessive speeds <laughs> might have been the Scotty, cause last week. I think we're going to start the new segment again. Oh, cool. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. The manufacturer says design was probably not the cause of the turbine collapse last week. Turbine blades turning at excessive speeds might have caused last week's uh, fatal tower collapse at an eastern Oregon wind farm. An overspeed operation may have occurred while performing a sequence of procedures. So, that's that. <laughs> see, when I, see when, I, when, I, when I fill in for Tim, we do snippets. I like because, it. Because, because I can't read. Do you have like a pile of watches over there? All right, then. Let's do a Whitney watch. I like it. The, and, and when you are confronted with a sentence you don't understand. I move on. You give it like a... No, but you don't. You give it like a three beat. Like you'll read, and the sequence of procedures. Two, three, four. Just, All right then, and then you slap it down really firmly, as though you've just like really nailed one home, like Walter Winchell style. Okay. Okay, we're moving on. Okay. What are we moving on to? We're moving on to a Whitney watch. Here's your Whitney watch for Labor Day. <laughs> Disgusting. Scotty J with your Whitney watch. Bobby Brown's new court edition. He is taking every little step to be reunited. <laughs> United are with these his your daughter. editions? Are these your editions of the stories? Written was, that way. I wish I was. He's taking good. every little step, really, because it's his prerogative. <laughs> yes. All right. Is he asking Whitney? Don't be cruel when it comes to fighting over our daughter. <laughs> yes. How do you know all? Did you read this? Because I want you to stay, my candy girl, Whitney Houston. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Well, the former New Edition singer appeared in Orange County courtroom Friday where he sought to overturn a ruling granting his ex-wife, Whitney Houston, sole physical and legal custody like you would of 14-year-old so- Bobby Christina. She's not 14. That's what it says. 14 oh, years old? Oh, this story old? is from like five years ago, by the way. So no, she's 19? I'm just kidding. It is from, Wait, fr- it is from Friday. How? Stop. 14. How old is the daughter? One four. Why are you saying that it's from four years ago? Because it seems like deja vu on this Bobby stuff. I don't know what we're doing. Anyways. She, their daughter is 14. Yeah. I guess I couldn't... Remember, she was the one that... Wasn't she the one that had the slutty MySpace names and pictures and stuff on there? No, that was Marie Osmond's daughter. Oh. <laughs> 
No, it was. It was Marie Otto. I think that she had a MySpace thing too. Really? I guess it just doesn't. I guess I. I guess I still thought that the, the kid was a, a baby for some reason. Or yeah, it never in, ages. Really, I guess I just never really thought that it had been 14 years since they had their daughter. That's just weird. Like you would give Whitney Houston sole physical custody of a brine shrimp. I mean, let alone a child. Seriously. All right. I have not seen or spoken to my daughter since early June, and I have no prerogative or prospect of speaking to her. Did he really say that? At Scotty's throwing in a little spore burning. We're seeing her anytime soon due to Whitney's actions. That's it for your Whitney watch. Great find, Scotty. There's your Whitney watch. Heads in his hands. For for Monday on the Rick Emerson radio program. the deepest crack pipe drag ever. <laughs> it does actually make you wonder if she's got one hand on the vibrator there and one hand on the on crack pipe. Don't you this need is two like the hands best intro, to smoke though. crack? Just that. Yeah. That's the best thing. Didn't, I mean, didn't it take two hands to smoke crack, Scotty? How would I know? Maybe she has crack My hands always who full of booze. Somebody who holds the vibrator for her. Oh, God. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. I'm going a whole other way. <laughs> All right, here's uh, Scotty J. Well, an arrest was made in Oregon here in Aloha at a golf uh, club. Well, this is having to do with golf clubs at a golf club, so it, it gets really tricky trying to read this. But detectives with the Washington County Sheriff's Office made an arrest. Do you have a lot of excess saliva in your mouth you or something? You ask me today? that every other day. No. Just go like this. Go. Is this day going by quickly, or am I just hoping it does? <laughs> well, all kind of works out the same, I suppose. <laughs> well, Washington County Sheriff's Office made an arrest in the case of uh, golf clubs that were stolen from the Reserve Vineyards Golf Club in the Aloha area, my neck of the woods. Um, there was a video uh, shown on television, and afterwards authorities received the tip, and the police were able to find the assailants. See, we're just doing snippets. See, there you go really again. compelling the way you're <laughs> snippeting. I, I didn't even understand Done. the part about the golf club. I have no idea what was getting. Please don't. Apparently, please, please don't. No, I, no, I can, no. without reading please. it, I can just tell you what okay, happened. Okay, put it down. Face down, face down, face down. Don't pre-read. It could be Scotty J. Totally pre-reading. The problem is this. I don't know if it was like one guy or two guys or three guys. I think it's one guy. I'm going to make that up. Where did the story and take he place? He stole some golf clubs from the Reserve Golf Club. Where? In, or golf uh, course in Aloha. And, and it was caught on tape or something, and they found the guy. Good retention, Scotty. All right. I pulled like 500 news stories for you, most of them interesting. Okay, well, I've, I've, You're spending a lot of time talking about a guy who stole a golf club. Well, I was trying to st- uh, stay local with some of this, but let's go to New Jersey. Okay. Where <laughs> getting a refund for a bad lunch wasn't enough for two New Jersey teens who took their unhappiness to the extreme. According to the New Work Star-Ledger... I thought it said New York. I hate today. The two didn't like their turkey wrap sandwich. According to what newspaper? The Newark Star-Ledger. Okay. Apparently, these two guys didn't like their turkey wrap sandwich, so they uh, voiced their displeasure to the owner of the deli shop. Um, Despite their refund... This is compelling. They went back to their office and started faxing menacing deli messages, like, They suck! Okay. 
Yeah. Okay, let's find some Rick Emerson news. <laughs> this is horrible. There's no news going on today because everyone's off. There's a whole... Okay, Sarah. Want to do look, a watch? No, no, no. Just hold that thought. Sarah, will you please just come witness at least the fact that there are, in fact, three separate piles? They're all boring. Now, I know that, like, there's one of these piles that is not boring because I pulled all of these. That would be the middle pile, right? And then there's all of the watches over here as well. I could do a watch. We just did. Okay. I know we just did one. That's why I was trying to avoid it. There is a whole pile of news stories. There are there. so many stories there in like separate stacks that Rick has. Uh, funny set part up for is, you. I've been doing this Thursday, Friday, and today, and these stories that you piled in front of me are from like Wednesday. If you would have used them on Thursday, maybe they'd I be was, more timely. I was just going to say, remember there was a time when they were only like 12 hours old. Yes. Well, here's a good one. Really? How much? Let me ask you this: How confident are you that that statement is correct? How how confidently do you believe that this story is a good one? Do you want the truth? Or on the a scale of truth? on a scale of one to ten, how confident are you that this story you're about to read is actually compelling? About a four. I'm what telling you. did you get here today? Everything comes out of New Jersey and North Carolina. Did you? Was it was it before or after ten thirty today? It was before ten thirty. Spent a lot of time sorting the news. I pulled a lot of local stuff, but it's all gunfire and car crashes and drowning. All drowns. Drownings. Drownings? <laughs> Mammy. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Go, in, ahead. Go ahead. In North Carolina, a 93-year-old man was charged with cocaine trafficking Thursday. The same day, police netted three other people on charges of possessing heroin, opium, and a slew of prescription drugs. I would absolutely. If I was going to deal drugs, I would totally find an old person. Seriously, because they're not going to stick a 93-year-old guy This guy probably didn't even realize what the heck he was doing. No, but I mean, if you give him, I mean, they're never going to stick him in jail. Uh, he's one of those guys that'll get house arrest. You give the guy a few hundred bucks a month, hold this package for me, I'll come by, I'll pick it up, keep this in your basement. I would totally, yeah. not that I advocate dealing drugs, I'm just saying if I were to do that, I would absolutely get an old guy to do that for me. Yeah, so he probably had no idea what was in the box. and he was You don't ask, you don't job. tell. You just hold the box in your house. Well, this gentleman, William C. Tenen, is also charged with possession of cocaine with intent to sell, and he was jailed before being released on Friday on a $200,000 bond, so he obviously came up with that. So, all right, yes, North Carolina. Now for your cannibal watch. Let me ask you this, Scotty. When Tim leaves on vacation like this, are you excited that it's your chance to show off a different set of skills? Or are you just filled with dread? No, I'm very I'm very excited about it and Thursday and Friday had a lot of news going and I think we've got like the leftover meatloaf today is what's happening okay. in the news. What's wrong with meatloaf? A lot of people are off. There's a lot of news happening, Scotty. Well, we're not talking yesterday's meatloaf. We're you're talking just, uh, four days ago's you're just, you're meatloaf. You're just picking the bad chunks out of the news pile. All right. <laughs> a man is accused of murdering his flatmate in Vienna. Uh, he was What's apparently a flat, Vien- Vienna's in what country? It's like an apartment. Vienna's in Italy, and uh, apparently he was preparing to eat his alleged victim's body parts. Then they go on to say Austrian police, so that throws me off a little <laughs> bit. Yes, <laughs> I was wondering if they were going to reveal later on in the story. Now the thing is, the guy's only Austria is in what continent? Oh. Uh, Austria. 
<laughs> I'm going to say South America. That's my go-to. Uh, so Vienna, which is the capital of Italy, is in South America. Sure. Okay. Go ahead. I know I'm wrong. Robert Ackerman, 19, was held after he was found next to the naked and mutilated body of Joseph Schweiger, 49, in accommodate uh, in accommodation. An accommodation is where the body was found, used by the homeless, rather. Mr. Ackerman was a German. He had blood around his mouth when he was found. (laughs) (laughs) No, he did not have German sausage laying around. This is this whole day. Is it, is it me? Is it just the air? Just is it look, just like I mean, the look? I don't know so what it is. You're so struggling. I've never seen you struggle like that. Really? I'm not struggling. It's just just the look on your face blah. of just absolute despair. We got fires going on at Black <laughs> Butte Ranch. We got the look of watches. Uh, this last ten anyway. minutes really has just been just seeing <laughs> the abject hopelessness on your face. It really is like it's like you're just floating on a raft in the middle of of the ocean. Really, I mean, it's just the, the look on your face is indescribable. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. I got to turn it off speaker. Hello? Hello. Hi. Hey, uh, I was just calling to make it short. Uh, I had emailed you just about five minutes ago uh, a news story about a fireball in New Jersey. Not too exciting, but I mean... Well, we do seem to be... find that New Jersey story, I think Scotty can find something. Well, we do seem to be... uh, Let's see. Hold on. Um, New Jersey news. Are you Josh? Yes, I am. All right. Here we are. Let's see. Let Let me read this right here. Fiery UFO blows up off of New Jersey. Uh, This is from the New York Post. Uh, A mysterious giant fireball was spotted exploding over the ocean off the Jersey shore last night, but officials had no idea last night what it was. Um, It was dispatched as a fireball. Fifteen witnesses described seeing the same thing. It was a fireball that came and dropped down into the ocean. The FAA says they have no idea what it was. It was uh, speculated that it was a meteor shower. Incident. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. The incident was yeah it was reported to the FAA who had no explanation. All right. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. Uh, Best show. Go. Thank you. Okay. Robert Ackerman, the 19-year-old German that killed his flatmate, 49-year-old Joseph Schweiger. In Vienna. In, a, in Vienna. Which in is a the homeless accommodation. Of... Now we got that much, right? Okay. When Mr. Ackerman was found by police, he had blood around his mouth. And the the police spokesman said parts of the victim's tongue and brains had been found on a plate in the flat. Fantastic. Investigators say they can't rule out the suspect had eaten parts of the victim. Now, the suspect is Mr. Robert Ackerman, 19 years old. Apparently, he killed Mr. Joseph Schweiger with a 200, uh, actually, no, a 22-pound dumbbell, which cracked his skull. The body had been slashed with a knife from throat to, you know, the waist area. Does it say that? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, what does it actually say? The body had been slashed with a knife from the throat to the genitals. Oh, I see. I know. So, you didn't want to work blue. So, you said waist area. But there was no removal of organs from the breast and stomach area. Well, there you go. The two men had been staying in the flat. Um... It says the same thing twice. Uh, All right. That usually is uh, <laughs> full of homeless okay. people. In Vienna, which is the capital of? Italy. Don't, don't look. I know Italy. Come on. Which uh, Billy Joel sang about that, right? Vienna waves goodbye. Something like that. Cannibal Watch. <laughs> That's a great way of pulling the trick. Done. Cannibal Watch. Done. Only an hour left, Scotty. 
and Tim will be back. I think we should make it all news all the time. Today. It's actually, I I enjoyed. I love doing this, but it's just the, Without, the you know, news is just so blase. Minus today. the complaining. And blase, you had a guy cutting open his flatmate and eating his tongue and brain and slicing all the way down to the genitals. Seriously, if you can't if yeah. you can't make I mean if you can't make that interesting, Scotty, then really you have to ask yourself what you're Want doing. Want me to read it show. again? No. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey. Do you get the feeling that if you could get a monkey to talk, he, he could do better than Scotty does? Well, they have that Coco the gorilla thing. <laughs> I'm going to get Coco up here. Could we try that? Maybe get a little more information out of the news? We should. We should ask. I mean, they have that primate house up at OHSU. O-H-S-U. We should ask if they have some sort of a, like a chimpanzee they can uh, give us for a couple of days. Could you ask Scotty that uh, as he looked in the news pile and saw that our president went to Iraq today and uh, went to Anbar province? I did see that, and that's about all I would read of that, so you just covered that story. I appreciate it. Well, you know, but I'm glad somebody knows what's going on in the world. Thank you, sir. See you later. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Clarify something for me. Yes. Vienna is the capital of what? Scotty. Austria. Austria is the capital of what? You're, you're, you're transposing Italy, Austria, and Vienna all together there. Aren't they the same place? No, Austria is its Salzburg. Austria is its own country. What? You know, Sound of Music, uh, Escaping Germany, all that sort and of stuff. And what, what continent are these things all located on, Scotty? South America. All right. Thank you, sir. Where Italy is? <laughs> hey, we got more Austria-Vienna <laughs> stories. Okay. I, think, I, think, I think it's in the Orient. I'm not sure. Everything's in the Orient, sir. If Bye. it's if it what Thank is you. what is it? If it's that was good because like I had the um, capacity to be really angry and he just kind of became zen with it. Happened totally. Through. No, because what are you going to do? I mean, really, that's you can only push that rock so far uphill. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello, Rick. Best best show ever. Thank truly. you. And and I got I got to say, mad love for Scotty. Uh, just. You know, his news is kind of like listening to special ed radio. <laughs> and having, you know, I, I was a small market jock back in the day when I was tired, you know, and eating rice cakes and peanut butter because that's all you can afford. Sure. And honest to God, the, the news directors in, like, you know, Swampville, Utah, uh, could at least enunciate slightly better than what Scotty does. So I was going to suggest... Scotty, this is so great. No, hold on. Just now as you said that, Scotty just angrily, like, threw up his hands and had the facial expression of, what are you talking about? Just now, just as you were saying I've been told by at least one person that I enunciate very well and slow. Very well and slow. I'll go with slow. I was kind of hoping that perhaps that whole hooked-on phonics thing was still available, that maybe Scotty could invest in that. We should have an on... An on-air hooked on phonics That's learning session. I like the way you think. I'm I tell you what, down. the Evelyn Wood speed reading class I took didn't. Who told you that you spoke beans. quote spoke enunciated well and slow? Somebody, I mean, in passing. I, I think don't know. special and slow would probably be the more. Uh, best I mean, show ever, guys. Thank so. you. Yeah, I'll go uh, with the slow part. You are the hero. Hooked on phonics. Totally writing. Let's do one more, and then we'll break. Come back with Aaron Duran. Okay, well, if we're only doing one more, we better pick something that's... Uh... That's until the bottom of the hour when you'll be back. <laughs> a standoff with police woke up neighbors in Gresham uh, early this morning. Gresham Police's uh, SWAT team, along with hostage negotiators, were called to the intersection of Southeast Chase Road and Southeast 282nd Avenue after shots were fired around 2 a.m. Neighbors told police that there was a man shooting at streetlights in the area. Officers said they saw the man and said he quickly ran outside his house uh, when he saw them arrive. 
Police said they could see the suspect through the window of the house pointing the gun in no specific direction after using a loud <laughs> hail. I have to point out that Scotty's acting the story out with his hands while he does it. He gets very like, impassioned. Oh, gotta get through this. No, the point of the gun part, and then I he actually make... made like a little finger gun and like jabbed <laughs> oh, it. I almost, made it the, I almost made it to the last sentence, and then it, yeah, I almost made it there. Okay, go ahead. This is almost my last first sentence. story I got through. The officer said that the the guy shooting, William Sowers, walked out on his own and surrendered to the police at 5 a.m. this morning. Police searched his property and found marijuana plants. So he's under weapons and drug charges now. Without looking at the paper, please spell marijuana. Oh. I can't, actually. I just flat out can't. I don't know if it's today. I didn't take enough focus factor. I don't know what it is. Don't even have a guess. M A R I This is the hard auditory bowel movement. Yes, it's it's like a U or a G or an H or something. Next, Uh, I. G. (laughs) U. A. N. T. W. A. Mergunta. Mergantois. 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 Make it American Twat Night. Let's see if I was close. No. Not ba- even. No. Back after this with Aaron Geek in the City Durant. Stay there. summer night, would you offer your throat to the wolf with the red roses? Will he offer me his mouth? Yes. Will he offer me his teeth? Yes. Will he offer me his jaws? Yes. Will he offer me his hunger? Yes. Again? Will he offer me his hunger? Yes. And will he starve without me? Yes. And does he love me? Yes. Yes. On a hot summer night, would you offer your throat to the wolf with the red roses? Yes. I bet you say that to all the boys. (laughs) It's super gay. It's the Rick Emerson show. Yes. I love Meatloaf. I love Jim Stein, but you're right. That is just the gayest thing ever written. It really is. And you know what? It and is? It's not even a negative. Like it's not a negative or a positive. No, it it's, really is. It's just gay. Here's the thing. It's written just as only one drama nerd can write something. And you just, and it, clearly. And let me just tell you this. No one fumbles being a badass or mysterious more than drama guys. No offense, there. No, I know. Because I'm one of your people. It made me want to eat cookie dough and smoke cloves. Seriously. <laughs> Sit around clutching an Anne Rice book, oh, a copy yeah. of the Necronomicon, etching Poe lyrics onto my arm. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> you know it's the ancient book of the dead. Uh huh. I can right. make my love live forever. This Seriously. is my favorite. Song Get me my prize. I love this song. This is my favorite sing-along song in my car. 
Well, you know what he did? He did. He took all the best elements, and I know this is heresy to a lot of people, Chris Sneatham. But he took all the best elements of those adolescent Springsteen anthems and just boiled them down into one record. Which is in turn just boiling down Crystal's records. Mmm, castanets. Or I guess that's maybe a... It's not a castanet, that's a... What's it? A tambourine. Yeah, it's a chili tambourine. Rick Emerson Show. It's 503-733-2970. It's Labor Day from one of the greatest albums ever made. Bad out of hell. Hot summer night. You took the words right out of my mouth. Words and lyrics and music by Jim Steinman. Right, there you go. Okay. Why, hello, Aaron. Durant. Hello there. How's it going? Hey, so I was going to talk about something else, but speaking of adolescent uh, awkwardness, so uh, guess what I saw this weekend? Uh, you told me? Oh, did you see Superbad? Superbad. What did you think? Um... Good. No, I don't think it's. I don't think it's quite as good uh, as everybody else does. Only because it's getting praised as like the funniest comedy right, forever. Yeah, I think I'm in the but, same boat. Yeah. But it's a really solid comedy. It really is good. My yeah. next on my list is Knocked Up. That's the next one I'm going to see. All right, because I want to hear you compare the two. Because Knocked Up is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. And this has the same. I mean, and, it, and they both have the Apatow Rogan. You know, super duo behind Yeah, aren't them. there a lot of, like, cross-character... Not characters, but, like, actors? Yeah, well, Apatow's one of those guys who clearly... He's like Aaron Sorkin. Apatow's one of those guys who, as he has gone along, has gathered a group of players around him, and they all kind of go from one project to another. He clearly is a guy who, and I always admire this, who brings his friends along with yeah. him. Because uh, he's kind of got the universe thing going on. Totally, exactly. Yeah. And because it's got that freaks and geek mark. Freaks and Geeks, Mark, uh, all over it, totally. uh, all over Superbad. So it's it's Michael Sarah, of course, from uh, Arrested Development, and then Seth Rogen wrote it and is in it, and then Apatow produced it. Did Rogen direct it too? Um, I think Rogen directed it also, and I think he wrote it when he was like 17 he did. and then shelved it for like 10 years. He said he's been that. working on the screenplay for 10 years. Yeah. Um, there, I don't think it's perfect. There's some. It, it's a little too long. It's, yeah, there's definitely. this moment where you feel, do you ever like in a movie and you can sort of feel the end coming? Like, okay, I can feel the end upon us. And when that happens... In Superbad? Yeah. There's a moment where I'm like, okay, it feels like the ending. It feels like we're about to wrap it up. And I looked at my watch and 25 minutes left. Yeah. Um, it, it could have you really used some judicious trimming. Uh, and I don't think it's quite as funny as everybody else says. But these are all minor complaints because it's still really good. Um, I would be, if, if there's a problem with Superbad, I would say it's this: is that the first 25 minutes is so great that it's hard for the rest of the movie to follow it up. Like that first act of the film is so great; it starts so strong, and then it has a really good ending. Right? Yeah. But the middle in between, kind of flattens out. Yeah, there's a serious lag. There's yeah. a serious second act sag that goes on there. Great opening. Great ending. You gotta kind of muscle through the beginning, which is a little lackluster. Right. But, no, um, yeah, totally. But when it's good, it's really, really good. And when it's bad, it's still okay. Right. Um, that yeah, that's how I, that's how I felt too. It was just a series of really great moments in between some kind of eh moments. But yeah, I, and yeah, the, the middle the middle forty five minutes is still funny. It's 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 only okay. But the, goddamn, that opening is just. So great. And the way those two kids relate to each other, um, it, you know, Michael Sarah and, and How was Michael Sarah? <laughs> oh, he's great. I mean, he's it's sort of a riff on the George Michael Blue thing. And he better be careful if he does Youth oh, and Revolt. Oh, get Because oh, he's going to be the awkward, stammering trails off at the end of sentences. Cause kind of when I was watching this, I thought, you know what, if they you just know? took George Michael and made him a senior. 
that like if they just fast forward Arrested Development by two seasons, that would have very been him. Arrested Development. It is his character is very George Michael Booth, and he does he does have that one move he does though, where he's talking to a girl and then he just kind of starts inserting more ellipses as he goes and hello and she's walking <laughs> oh, away and oh I guess I'll just stand here and you know and that but oh, he I does it really well but yeah. he's, if he does one more movie like this he's going to start getting typecast so he's got to be real careful that doesn't happen that being said he's great uh, the other kid who plays his friend Seth is really great um, and then Seth Rogen himself is good although not to give anything away but I, I just there's this whole subplot about this this third friend of theirs who spends the night with two cops, which is sort of moderately amusing, but it's like the dumb small town hick cop thing gets really thin with me just because it's been done to death. Like, right. how like many super troopers? Yeah, it's like yeah. How many times can you show? Hey, they're cops, and so they're not all that bright, and they're really trigger happy. Like, it's just a riff that has been done to death. Um, but again, these are all real minor complaints because it's a great movie. It really no, it is. still is I, really good. I mean, absolutely worth the money. Uh, again, next on my list is Knocked Up because Apatow is on a real, you know, and Apatow, this is, this is, assuming Knocked Up is great, this is like three for three for him this year because Knocked Up, super bad, and then a movie I cannot st- speak strongly enough, which is the television set, uh, or the TV set, rather, with David Duchovny and Sigourney Weaver, which Apatow produced. Well, they were also behind 40-Year-Old Virgin also, I think. Oh, that's true, but yeah. that was last year, though. That was last year, but still, I mean... Uh, he's on a streak, though. That's they're like back better than Zombie. <laughs> yeah, yeah let's, that was going to say. <laughs> and so, with every good movie comes a terrible movie. Let's talk about Rob Zombie's Halloween for a second. Boy, is that just a big load. Yeah, just a big, terrible. steaming pile of pointless is what Rob And I'm Zombie's assuming Halloween. you saw the same one I've seen. Yes. The work print. Yes. Yes, I saw Rob... No, there's nothing wrong with that. I saw Rob Zombie's director's cut. Yeah, that's what's so sad, is the work print is terrible, and Zombie's even said that that's his true vision, and the one in theater isn't the one he wanted to tell. I can't even imagine how bad the director's cut is. No. And it's telling how how little faith the studio has, because normally when a movie leaks online, studios are all up in arms. They could care less. They didn't even care. No. They didn't even... And it opened at number one, which I think is just a demonstration of A... The power of Rob Zombie's brand name, B, the power of the Halloween franchise, and yeah. C, the fact that there was really nothing else opening again. And the forgiveness of horror fans. Yeah, well, that's, um, you know. Most horror fans, horror movies never lose money. So and I mean, you wanted it to be good. Everybody wanted Rob Zombie's Halloween. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I was mad from day one. Well, but I mean, I, get, I wasn't happy he was doing it. But it's like once he said he was doing it, I'm like, okay, well, let's well, just hope okay, for the best. I, can see that, yeah. I didn't want him to do it. But once he announced that it was happening, I was like, well, okay, let's just grit our teeth and hope that it turns out to be good. Did you hear John Carpenter's interview? No. He said, how do you feel about this film being redone? And literally, his answer was, what do I care? They cut me a check. Oh, seriously. I mean, Carpenter, (laughs) oh, like, there's anything you could do to diminish that franchise any further. You know what I mean? I mean, really, like, what does Carpenter care? The way that, once you've had Buster Rhymes just relieving himself all over your franchise, Uh what else could you possibly? Well, he hasn't done anything decent in 20 years. How much? Carpenter? Yeah. Last good thing he did was probably They Live. Yeah, that's 20 years ago. Just yeah. about, yeah. Well done. I mean, you know, he doesn't need to prove anything to me. I mean, he's done The Thing, Assault on Precinct 13, Halloween, and They Live. That's Big Trouble in Little China. Escape from New York. Yeah. So that's a, you know, so he's done, like, what? That's like six good movies right there? Yeah. But, I mean, I will say this about Rob Zombie's Halloween. In the first half of the film, there's a couple sort of interesting ideas. And then it all just goes to hell. Um so he doesn't. I mean, it's just terrible, and there's no way to talk about it without. I mean, I guess they're not spoilers. Everybody knows Halloween. You know, guy, yeah. scary mask, cuts people, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, it just plays like this stereotype, like a parody of Rob Zombie's own filmmaking, where everybody's a redneck, everybody's loud, everybody's dumb, everybody swears a lot. There's all of this uh, drinking there's always and some, some incestual drinking stuff. Drinking yeah. and incest. I mean, yeah. it's just like 
it's like someone decided to make a knockoff of every Rob Zombie film you've seen so far, which I guess is just two. Just two but, I mean, yeah. but it's all just that. They're all characters. They're all, you know, House of a Thousand Corpses characters. All right. of them. Um, and I mean, and then so Michael Myers gets put away and then he escapes. And then the last 20 minutes is basically Gus Van Sant's, you know... Totally it's like a shot-for-shot shot shot remake. The last <laughs> yeah. 25 minutes is just a shot-for-shot shot remake of stuff out of Halloween. Um, I mean, it, it, as many times as I've seen the original Halloween, and sort of looking back at now, Halloween is a classic. For modern audiences, it can seem a little slow because it starts strong, and then there's a long building action for about right, 45 yeah. minutes before mayhem starts again. So it can seem slow to modern audiences. And I think what Rob Zombie, I think I figured out his deal. Two things. A... I think he figured that Michael Myers was so watered down that the only way you could make him creepy again was to give him all of these incredibly disturbing character traits, which he does in the first hour of the film. And B, I think he also figured out that, again, that first Halloween, the first hour, nothing really happens. It's basically build up, and I think he knew that modern audiences wouldn't sit still for that. And so he felt the first, had to fill the first hour with something. And, and so just thus, get the blood going. Yeah, kinda. thus the backstory. But it's just so badly done. It's just so unbelievably ham-handedly done. All of these plot holes, things that make no sense. <laughs> Acting, there's, look, I'm just going to give, this is not a spoiler. I'm just going to tell you, there's one little moment that happens early on in the film. And this is one of the moments that the online guys have all seized on, and it's yeah. horrible. So there's Michael Myers, who's about nine years old. His sister is a slut. His mom is a stripper. His stepdad, of course, is incestuous and drunk all the time and has a mullet because, you know, it's a Rob Zombie film. And so there's a sequence where the mom promises to take Michael Myers, young Michael Myers, trick-or-treating. Mom then breaks her word to Michael Myers, can't do it because she has to go off and work at a strip club. Just work the pole. She has yeah. to work the pole. Dad doesn't do it because dad and his mullet are passed out drunk in a chair like watching pro wrestling. Um... The sister promises to do it, and then she won't do it because she's upstairs humping her boyfriend. So there is a sequence where, I swear to God, there's Rob Zombie, or Rob Zombie, there's Michael Myers with a clown mask, sitting on a curb with his Halloween bucket, and then they start playing the song Love Hurts by Nazareth. And it's a montage of Michael Myers sitting there with a Halloween mask, the, the sister having sex with her boyfriend and mom on a stripper pole while they're playing Love Hurts by oh, Nazareth. It's terrible. I, cre I mean, it's, it's just, it's off the charts retarded. It's so bad. I mean, it's so, it is like such a phenomenal miscalculation that you wonder how it could have come from Rob Zombie, who at the very least you can say is a fan of horror films. Oh, he, yeah, he loves the genre. It, that's what hurts. That's what hurts is it comes from a guy who ought to know better. Right, yeah. You don't expect anything from some, you know, you know, like you get but a guy Roth or something in there. I expect nothing. Yeah, I'm um, kidding. But, I mean, Rob Zombie, he ought to know better. Yeah, I mean, he's such a student of the real gritty 70s horror that there's really no excuse for him to turn out a really pain... You know, sad, pale by the numbers, scream yeah. knockoff. Uh, and then what's his name? Uh, Malcolm McDowell, who can be a good actor. Not in this one, baby. No, because he's good. <laughs> in, he was in Entourage. He's great in Entourage. Um, Danny you know, Trejo gives the best performance in the movie, and that's God. not saying much. But no, he's the best actor in the movie. I mean, it's just awful. It's just uh, so. Anyway, I don't even know what to say beyond that. Um, you don't know, see it. That's what you can say. I mean, avoid it. The girls are moderately attractive, but I don't even really care when I'm no. watching the film. Is his wife in this one? Uh, yeah, 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 she plays the mom. She plays the stripping mom. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, 
Go rent the original one. Or yeah, go to seriously. CD Game Exchange and just buy it. Yeah, I mean, and the original, again, we've all seen it probably a million times, and it doesn't pack the punch it did, but, I mean, it does have, but it's well made. I know yeah. what you mean about the silhouette and him carrying the body of the house. Yeah. That still scares me. It's terrifying. There's a similar sequence in that really crappy movie, um, When a Stranger Calls, the remake that they right. had of it, yeah. where they have the exact same thing happen, where you can see the shadow. It's, it's well, that's because it has restraint, and there's a certain, and it's dread, and it's whatever. And this you know what's just, funny? You know, terrible. You take people who have admitted to not ever seeing movies like Halloween or the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? And then sit them down and have them watch it for the first time. Even you know, even if they're you know yeah. adults now, it'll it'll mess them up. Oh, yeah, it'll f you up. It really yeah. will. I've shown Texas Chainsaw Massacre to people who. You know, first assume it's going to be a gore fest and don't they, want to watch it for that reason. They think it's going to be bloody, and you know, there's. I think somebody analyzed at one point that they said there was like half a cup of blood or yeah. something spilled in that movie. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is almost entirely gore free. There's almost no mm-hmm. violence in it. Mm-hmm. Have you seen? You've seen that, right? The original. I saw it when I was staying in this creepy old haunted hotel in Bath, England. Oh yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll <laughs> mess you up. Where there were like only two lights in the room, and all of us were staying. And everyone was too scared to fall asleep, so we all ended up sleeping oh, in one room. It's. I've shown that movie to people. Um, I showed that to Lara because her only exposure to horror films was, wait for it, Scream, which she thought was really scary. And I'm like, you know, no, no, look, no. look, you just sit down. And I showed her the original Texas Chainsaw Let's Massacre. Have some meat. Re- really, and it's just, it was like you, it's like someone had just, had just punched her in the brain for 90 minutes. I mean, it's really great. But that's another one where yeah. Toby Hooper just signed off and you didn't do whatever you want to it. So they ruined it with it. Do you realize? An inbred hick backstory. And that's... even before they did the remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there were uh, three sequels. Well, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, 3, and 4. What about the next generation? Isn't that 4 with that's... Renee Zellweger? Uh, okay, yes, yes, yes. I act right. like I really care about all the sequels. But I there was the one with Dennis Hopper. That's there was two. the third one. And then there was the one with, with, with Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Which I think is Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4. I think you're right, yeah. And then they did the two prequels or whatever. Someday you've got to see the trailer to Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 that's, re- that's shot for shot like the Excalibur trailer. Really? With this gleaming oh, chainsaw coming, coming out, out of the coming lake. Out of the lake. Yeah. I haven't seen that one. <laughs> it's fantastic. No, that was a bonus feature. It's I a think. bonus on my DVD of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Me, yeah, me too. I think so. So it's anyway. Like so the, the legend returns. So don't don't watch Rob Zombie's Halloween. Just don't. I love Rob Zombie. I really do. But it's time for that. Is Devil's Rejects good? Yeah, it's good. Okay, so he's one for. Oh, three. I like yeah House of a Thousand it, Corpses. I didn't like House of a Thousand Corpses. Wait, is that the one? Which one am I thinking of? Well, they have, the same, they have the same. They have the same characters. One? Yes. And is it the one with the house and the family? And yeah, the and there's the and... underground uh, lair and everything. Okay. And... House of Thousand Corpses is well done. I felt like he took all his favorite horror genres and put them in a blender and hit go. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a little too shrill for me. Um, Devil's Rejects is more gritty 70 crime than horror. See, I've got some horrific elements, but yeah, it's it's like, it's it's gritty and Which nasty. Which House of Thousand Corpses is the one, I'm sorry, um, with the guy who runs the gift shop, like the super Yeah, 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 that, yeah, one? yeah that, okay. that one. Yeah, we're same family. It's the same characters. Oh, I love from all that. the characters in that. It's the same characters. There's a moment in The Devil's Rejects that terrified me. Okay. And well, don't I, give I don't want to give it away. I'll, I'll um, watch it. Clyde and I saw the screener a couple years ago, and we both let out just these girly shrieks when it happened, Fantastic. throwing popcorn in the air. It was terrifying. You know, have either of you guys seen Disturbia? It's not bad. Yeah, I saw that last night. I actually really liked it. I didn't want to see it until I realized that Shia LaBeouf's a decent actor, so I... I checked it out. Right. It's pretty good. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, so I saw uh, Superbad, I saw uh, Halloween, and then I'm uh, about halfway through season two of Battlestar Galactica. Damn it. What? I haven't seen season two yet. What? No, How because I don't own a... Co- I have a brick? Se- yes. I've got season one, and I've got 2.5, and I've got three. I have yet to see season two, so I'm What is 2.5? Uh, they break... Well, 
However you procured the the show. Uh, Fat Boy's lending me. He might he might have given you. Well, there's two and two point five. There's, they broke it up. Oh really? That's what Sci-Fi does to stretch it out. They break uh, the season. They up. do FX. Like does they're gonna that wrap too. up season four in two thousand nine. Are you kidding? Well, I guess I won't hurry then. Yeah, I'll pace myself. We'll get half 2008 and the other half in 2009. FX does that with The Shield. Yeah. And The Sopranos. HBO pioneered that. Doctor Who fans have to wait till 2010 to get their next. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, back after this, Aaron Geek in the City. Duran is here. On the other side, uh, oh, look at you. Scotty J uh, will be here with the news. We'll do the top five songs from this week in 1987. It's Labor Day. We're live. Here's Meatloaf. We now end it. You know, this show really did zip by. It really did. We now end the saddest part of the broadcasting day. Final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. It's Labor Day. Thank you, everybody who... Uh, thank you. Now, this is the Halloween 2 version, I think. Because it's got that, that little disco beat in the background there. I think, I think it's different than Halloween 1. For the TV version? I think it did it for the TV version yeah. first. Yeah. Great theme. One of the all-time great themes. You want to know something cool? The uh, I don't know. The music used when you're about to die in Gauntlet uh-huh. is the same music when Michael Ma- the slow stock music. Oh really? In- oh dunna dunna dunna. Yeah, that's cool. You know, uh, by the way, I will say this one final thing, and I know I keep saying this about about Rob Zombie's Halloween. It has the Superman Returns problem too, which is that he he should have just chucked everything from the original film, chucked it, tossed it overboard, never used it. Because all it serves to do is make you remember how much you love the original. Yeah, the minute that score kicks in, you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, or when he shows the mask, or, you know, whenever they were said, you know, that was the boogeyman. And then Malcolm McDowell says, as a matter of fact, I believe it was. Yeah. You know, and all you remember is pleasant, you know, and it's just, it's sad. So who's the, which yeah, one was it? The ch- 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 that's, that's Jason. That's Friday right. the 13th. My, when we went camping, my dad and my sister and I would go for late night hikes, and then he'd have the flashlight, and he'd turn it off and go hide in the bushes, and then he'd start doing that from the bushes. The great thing about the Friday the 13th movies is they were such crap to begin with that they're impossible to ruin. That's the great thing about them. And I mean that as a compliment. They, they really are... They're just terrible. They're awful. <laughs> Halloween is a masterpiece. Um, all the sequels are kind of crap. But Friday the 13th is just dreck. It's just awful. It's and don't cheap ball from frame I, one. Yeah, yeah. I have seen every one of them multiple times, but they're terrible. They're just, they're only good as just garbage. They are junk food. The first nightmare is still creepy. First nightmare is still creepy. That's yeah. true. All right. Ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, it's Scotty J. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Scotty, are you sad that you're almost done? Sort of. Tim will be back tomorrow. <laughs> I'll be glad to see Tim. Relegated back to your stable. All right. Well, uh, this is my suggestion. Lock up your cement landscape blocks. Police uh, in Milwaukee are saying there may be a ring of thieves that are using landscaping to steal expensive wheels. Police said the thieves have hit several neighborhoods in Milwaukee recently, targeting GM vehicles. The suspects are very creative, using cement blocks from nearby landscaping to jack up vehicles and steal the wheels. In other news, it looks like luxury homes could be spared as crews battled the Black Butte fire. The wildfire in central Oregon had fire crews working around the clock this weekend uh, as the fire grew to 54,000 acres. Um, the fire burned towards the north and south overnight on Saturday and is still about a half mile away, or was still about a half mile away from Black Butte Ranch, but it looks like it's going to be spared as of yesterday. All right. Hooray, the rich are still safe. 
Like, no, it's a beautiful place. I would hate to see. I love Central Oregon as a whole, but Black Butte Ranch that would be that would be bad. Well, Central Oregon as a whole, but let's uh, roll your top five, five for Monday. Four, three, two, one, fire. All right, for no readily apparent reason, we spin the wheel of time. Today's top five, top five songs from the week of August 29th, 1987. <laughs> All right, well, the number six song. You know, you, dude, <laughs> I think it's funny because uh, we're like a week or two holy off. thing where you just But laugh. you know what? It never helps when you point out how uh, post-dated or out of date or... No one would notice these are. things if you didn't feel the need to illuminate them. <laughs> Okay, these are the... He's a little whiny. These are the you awesome, are. These are awesome songs. You're, you're, from... you're kind of bitching out today. You know what you sound like? You sound like, when you laugh, you sound like Michael Wincott when he comes into Barry Champlain's studio in the movie Talk Radio. I love that movie. And he does that whole... When you speak, thousands of people hear your voice. You penetrate your minds. And then the guy goes, Oh, Barry. <laughs> it's your show, Bear. But you totally Charlie. sound just like that guy. Now, was the Spicoli movie around? He's also the villain in The Crow, by the way. Maybe that guy was copying him. Okay, yeah. moving on. Number six song, the honorable mention for uh, the week of August 29th, 1987. Michael Jackson, and I just can't stop loving you. Don't ever talk like that again. That really creeped me out just now. Sarah looks like she's about ready to hurl over there. Yes. Hmm. I was moved. <laughs> My bowels removed. It was a movement. <laughs> Let's talk about Move it along, shall we? <laughs> Longest in forever. I'm sorry, what was the theme of this top five again? Uh, we just spun the wheel of time. Uh, top five songs 20 years ago this week. Uh, no. Two weeks back. You're doing that thing again. Uh, is, it, is it Tuesday? Jesus. It will be in about five minutes. All right, let's move on to number five, because I just hate this song. <laughs> now, this, I actually owned this CD. Number five, Debbie Gibson. I love me some Debbie. Deborah Gibson, as she's now known. Now goes by Deborah. yep. Only in my dream. I dig her. They used to play down here at the waterfront, you know, during those big summer events they used to have. The bygone days of your youth. <laughs> Alongside, Before you were a million dollars in debt. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. And Debbie God days of yours. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Curtis Debbie Delgado. I, no, I'm not going to. Come on, say it. No, it's too much. Debbie does the Dow. <laughs> <laughs> Deborah now. This is a massive... No. Nope. <laughs> Jesus. I don't think any of us can speak today. Nothing I'm saying makes sense. Do any of us know what this song is about? What, what, what are in her dreams? I want to know. Only she knows. Am I there? Creepy. I think at that point she was just dreaming about lasting Tiffany. That was really, that was the only dream she had. <laughs> yes, it's gold. That was comedy gold that right there. That was witty, Rick Emerson. That, it was so witty that I can't top that, so we're going to move on to number four. Are you just, are you like anxious to get out of here? Do you have a drink waiting for you or something? Well, that actually sounds pretty good, but no. Okay. We only have, Seem to know, be moving us along pretty well. We only have several minutes. The top five truck waiting for him. Oh, yeah. This one's a good one. Suzanne Vega and Luca. 
Sarah looks puzzled. Oh, I love this song. It's a, it's a beautiful song. Um, oh, I haven't heard this in a really long time. So this is sort of, um, I don't know what to compare it to, but um, this is her one crossover single. And she, I, my name is Luca. Yeah, I don't think she ever really wanted to be a pop star because she never did anything like this again. My name is Luca. Uh, my wife is a huge Suzanne Vega fan, and Suzanne Vega has really put out some beautiful music. She really makes amazing records. And I think that... You know, she had this one hit, and I don't think she ever really wanted to be a, a big, you know, a big singles artist. But she does some amazing songs. This is a creepy song, though. It is very creepy. It's totally about a child being beaten like 30 feet away from you. So is she saying, I live on the second floor, if there's something goes wrong, come get me? Is that what she's trying no, to just, say? No, just ignore it. No, the song is from the point of view of Luca, who is just being beaten senseless by her parents every day. Huh. And who is just, uh, and the whole message is, uh, don't, uh, don't ask me what this bruise is from. Only hit until you cry. Yeah, it's the creepiest top top ten song ever. Only hit until you cry. I wonder if this comes from her own personal pain. I don't know. She writes some really dark songs. She has this album called Nine Objects of Desire, which is really good. But the subject matter is all really kind of troubling. But I mean, it's but she has that weird uh, gift where she just makes these really upbeat, very catchy songs about just the most dark, brooding things. I mean, it's the creepiest song. It really is. I haven't heard this song forever. Walked into the door again. How creepy. So she's making up excuses for the crying incident. Yeah. All right, let's move right along. Number two. <laughs> Scotty with his, Scotty's with his big top 40 delivery. That's Luca. <laughs> How did how did DJs introduce this back in the day? I wonder. They didn't. They they they, they this put it between be the, two lines. Yes, between or, two recorded two, sweepers. A song that goes into another song. Z100. All right, counting down the top five songs from this week in 1987. So this one's Richard Marks and Don't Mean Nothing. Imagine that Suzanne Vega song being sandwiched between this and Debbie Gibson. It's just weird. Richard this, Marks. I'll tell you what's really weird about all this weirdness is the fact that these songs were all together on uh, uh, this I think I particular just, week. I said that yeah. 10 seconds before. Well, yeah. I liked it better when I said it. We used to think we were really edgy by calling this guy Dick Marks. <laughs> we thought we were really like outlaws of comedy. <laughs> I really fashioned myself kind of a Lenny Bruce in high school. Yeah, I like that guy, Dick Marks. <laughs> <laughs> That song Richard Marks, he wrote a lot something. Of a lot of songs. Yeah, but he wrote a hit for somebody else, and I can't think of who it was at the moment. What's the famous slow song that he has? Right here waiting. Yeah. yeah. God, that hair was ridiculous. Yeah, he had the Even full-on mullet. He had Kenny Loggins hair. Totally. But it wasn't a mullet, yeah. it was like a puffy one. It was puffy in the puffy on top, long in the back. Yeah. And he was married to the chick from Animotion. Uh, of obsession. Fame. Are you saying was? I don't know if they still are, but he was. He wrote something. He, I think he wrote a song for the Bangles, maybe. That's. He was a pretty famous writer of songs for other people for a while. He might actually do that now as a primary career. Counting down the top five songs from this week in 1987. The number two goes to Madonna and the hit song Who's That Girl from the movie. 
Hey, so you know what? You know when uh... Scotty hit that post and that was awesome. Did you Thank hear you. that? Way to go, Scotty. Way to end the weekend up. So when Lara and I are in uh, are in London, we were seeing there was like a play that was happening, and they're doing uh, that thing that's like a tribute to Queen, which I'm not that interested in. We will rock you. Yeah, we're gonna miss Glengarry Glen Ross by three days, but they are doing a stage play, a musical play of Desperately Seeking Susan. That'd be cool. To we're see. kind of tempted to go see it actually. I don't. I'm not sure we will, but we're kind of tempted to see Desperately Seeking. Also, they're doing a stage play of Swim the Sharks. Really? How great is that? That'd be that'd, good we're gonna we're gonna miss it. Starring Christian Slater. No, oh, that'd be huh. great right. to see. Counting up. Hello, Counting Christian down the Slater. number one song from this week in 1987. Los Lobos. Los Lobos. Los Lobos. Los Lobos. No, Lobos. I wish I would not have made you play number one. I'm sorry that he's insulted your people with that right. terrible mispronunciation well, I, I, there. I, you should be able to speak it better. You do live near Aloha. Okay. <laughs> where my people live. Los Lobos. Los. 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 Los Hobos. Okay. Number one, Los Homos with La Bomba. Um, La Bomba. How long do we have here? I don't know. I'm going to go walk in front of a bus. Los Lobos. Can I get some jalapenos with this? Los right. Hobos. I'll have this with a glass of peanut nowhere. <laughs> All right. Aaron Geek in the City Duran. What's up at Film Fever Radio? Uh, Film Fever Radio, we have the new show where we talk about the uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween and Scott Reviews 310 to Yuma. And then this week, we're going to have the Flash Gordon commentary. Up. Excellent. Uh, we want to thank CNN Radio correspondents Dick Giuliano, James Roof, and Steve Kastenbaum. Rick Emerson show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon, uh, who's going to a dog birthday party later on today. In the newsroom, Scotty J., who's filled in for Tim Riley. Well done, Scotty J. Well, thank you, Rick. Okay. Uh, four, five, and six, and seven, all the way through uh, Like Us, top of the hour. Aaron Geek in the city Duran from FilmFeverRadio.com. Like Us next. Don and Mike at seven. Uh, I'll be back again tomorrow. As always, my friends, thank you for listening. Don't let the bastards grind you down. Watch out for snakes. See you tomorrow. Bye now.